Today's episode of the Black Flag Podcast is brought to you by Evan Orvath of Solero Commerce. We're coming to you live from the Solero Commerce compound as always. And if you want a small business that accepts debit or credit cards, you got to go check them out. Contact Evan Orvath or get in touch with one of us and we'll get you a free second opinion on your current merchant service provider. Do you enjoy listening to us every week? Want to support us even more? Become a friend of the program. Patreon.com slash Black Flag Podcast for just four sixty nine. Nice. Nice. A month. You get 20% off all of our merchandise, exclusive giveaways. You could ask us uh, any questions you may have on our Patreon uh, question segment every week. Or just leave us basically a virtual tip in our virtual tip jar. Become a friend of the program again today. That's Patreon.com slash Black Flag Podcast. Lastly, do you like playing with toy cars and telling your significant other that they're collectibles? Do you enjoy badass memorabilia of grown-ass men who are more successful than you? Well, after doing what Bradley and Bobby just told you to do, head on over to CircleBDieCast.com for all your diecast needs and merchandise, and be sure to use promo code BFP123 for $5 off purchases over $30. And one last thing before we get started, we'd like to give a shout-out to the Graphics Coop, Any Racing News, and Danny Eugene Photography for all their support. Brad Keselowski is going to be showing the black flag. It's the Black Flag Podcast. Every fucking week. Fuck, I hate my fucking job. Race analysis. Yeah, we're only girls pool here, so. Maggie forgets that if they changed the rules and took the champion's provisional away, he wouldn't have been able to race the last two years, so uh, occasional alcohol consumption. Jimmy Johnson is on pit road because I think he's the leader. And calling people on their shit. It refrains me from not beating the shit out of you right now because you ask me stupid questions. This week's Black Flag Podcast is now in session. Hey, we edged him out, we beat him, so it's all good. And we're in it, boys. Episode 220. Um, normally, if you listen to the show, I'm not the first guy to talk. Um, uh, we are all, we just complete uh, audible at the line here. Okay. I'm uh, I'm Bobby Timmons at Bobby Timmons thirteen. Uh, all things social media. To my right is at Vsauce nine six on all things social media as well. And to my left is the guy who normally kicks off these shows and uh, it's at C Sanborn. I, I Charlie, how's it going, bud? Not great. Uh, <laughs> um, had a long weekend. A couple new ports. <laughs> Just ate an I, uh, entire pack of Marbreds. I uh, woke up this morning and I uh, felt like I deep-throated a cactus. Uh, so uh, anybody looking to do that, don't. Uh, but long weekend and uh, I'm I'm pretty miserable right now. I've yeah. never seen a cactus I didn't want to deep-throat <clears throat> for whatever it's worth. Oh, you can deep-throat it with your throat or your, your butt, whatever. whatever <clears throat> you just, no, the second one, second one hurts a lot more, I think. But Yeah, if you put it in your you butt, I think both? your throat's fine. I've not tried both. But... Long, how long is it, though? Ooh. <clears throat> Yeah, so Charlie's just been doing a lot of listening so far. Yeah, uh, we yeah. Just, uh, <clears throat> and that's on me. <laughs> that's my bad. Um, yeah, I don't know what the fuck. I, apparently, I yell a lot when I'm on the microphone. You did a phenomenal job yesterday at Lee, uh, for you. what it's worth. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate you made that, that four-car shitbox race sound real exciting. Yeah, I think what really <laughs> happened was Charlie's voice went out the window when um, fucking Daniel Petty um, came down the back chute and flipped over, and Charlie had to hype it up, uh, even though it took 20 minutes to uh, unfold. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I got to figure out how to do this without ruining myself. Um, Something about like hot honey tea, I think, will help. I've heard. The, uh, my throat's literally on fucking fire right now. So, I don't know what's going on. But whatever I'm doing, I got to do it differently, apparently. But, uh, you guys did a hell of a job there with uh, the interview that you uh, folks are going to hear later on. Uh, Glenn Reen seems like a good dude. Uh, seems like we're going to have to pound some beers with him at some point. But, uh,. No, we had uh, we all had quite the weekends, I think, and it all started off with go karts. Yeah, we had the second uh, second week of Bartlett Bridge um, on Friday night. I felt like it went really smooth. We started at seven fifteen. We were done by nine thirty. All the races were real good. Um, I thought, anyways. 
Um, wing champ cards put on a fuck of a show. The last slot pass for the win. Three, you know, three wide beating and banging. Um, what do you think, Brad? Yeah, I thought more of the same. Um, it was one of those weeks. We actually, uh, Bob and I ended up tying one on pretty tight on uh, Thursday night. We and, did and get I, after it. Aggressively aggressive. To the point <laughs> To the point where uh, <clears throat> it ended with the shots. And, um, Two of them. We typically don't do those even when it's not a Thursday. And uh, I woke up that next morning, and I, I woke up before I even set an alarm. Um, and somehow I still woke up at immediately 6 o'clock, and I, I was just like, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to work yet. So I, I snoozed. Um, I ended up going to work, got to work 20 minutes late. And, uh, then I took my lunch break at 10 o'clock and went and slept in the back seat of my truck. Um, so my, my Friday was off to a rough start. And, uh, when I, when I'm feeling like that, just my, my give a fuck level is just so far out the window that I went into go-karts that night. And I was like, this is, this is the week I'm going to, I'm going to say cunt I'm on accident. Like I'm not I'm never going to do it on purpose by any means. Cause I will immediately the first time it's been <clears throat> I know. And it, it obviously <laughs> wasn't me. So last year, Last year was my first ever year announcing anything ever. And, um, you know, something I wanted to do as a kid. And then, you know, one thing leads to another. You end up developing anxiety and then you just can't talk in public. Um, and I have a very hard time talking without fucking swearing. And uh, went all last year and I didn't swear. Charlie swore once. That's pretty good for us. You give us a hot mic and you get one out of, uh, you know, every word that we say for 12, 13 weeks. That's pretty good. I think Vegas odds would put us at way over on one. Oh, yeah. The the Vegas odds for uh, for the two of us combined were set at at least 5.5, I would say, over under on the on the year. And uh, I'm, I still have yet to do it. Um, I guarantee you it will happen. So I apologize ahead of time. But uh, no, all in all, Go-Karts was good. Um, very smooth show. That was that was good to see. And uh, you did at one point almost do a what the fuck was that, I think. Oh, I had to I had to keep shutting my mic off because there was just some there was just things that were happening on the go kart track, and I didn't want to disparage any eight year old kid well, and ruin his career. So the, the hardest part about it is that you literally have children doing this, so you have like seven, six, you know, eight year old kids doing this, and you're saying this as if you didn't tell people two years ago that this is why parents should hit their children. No, they absolutely <laughs> absolutely should hit their children uh, when they're being fucking stupid, but. Uh, <laughs> But it, you get so invested in it that you forget that you're not watching like grown ass adults doing it. Mm. So Bradley and I sometimes are just like, like expecting yeah. like an open eighty modified show, and it's just kids fucking uh, mountain climbing each other down the back stretch. Like there's one little buddy in the in the box dock, which that's the youngest class. And typically to make the show go smoother, um, this week it was Nate stops them in turn three, sends them over one by one to me at the flag stand. I stop them when they're all lined up. I give them one to go. This little buddy, I'm holding his go-kart with my foot. And if I pick my foot up, the go-kart starts to roll. So I put my foot back down. And I pick my foot up, and it starts to roll again. We're on like three restarts in a row now. So I finally reach down. I grab his brake foot. <laughs> I push it, the brake pedal down with his foot. I said, hold that there. And he, okay. <laughs> like, holy fuck. <laughs> you imagine that star. Somebody uh, has to go in the in the car and be like, I need you to hold the other brake down. <laughs> 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 pedal down <real> <laughs> Yeah, I think I, I think I turned my mic off promptly when uh, one kid went absolutely whistling down the backstretch to pull off the racetrack and almost smoked Nate full speed. Were you there in practice when he did almost get hit? Uh, no, I was. Oh, I, I think <laughs> so I might have been, but I there didn't used see to be it. water barrels in the three turn, but those uh, disappeared over the winter, and uh, now there's just hay bales, which are just there for looks, uh, aesthetics, um, because they don't do anything. Uh, two go karts went through them wide open, um, <laughs> <laughs> blue fucking hay everywhere, merely there for insurance purposes. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, luckily Nate was Johnny on the spot and just stepped to the left and got out of the way while they went through the hay bales and then buried it in the fence. And then, like, this was in the like practice, so I said that I had to say in the drivers' meeting, like, guys, like, give yourselves room. Like, we shouldn't be going three wide and then hanging a right at the end of the straightaway and almost hitting Nate. And uh, Eddie never saw it. And then Eddie walked by that section of the wall, like. We're already two features into the night, and he just comes on the rails. What the fuck happened to the fence? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, yeah, that got broken in practice. He's like, all right, we probably should have fixed that. And <laughs> uh, uh, didn't have time. Yeah, <laughs> we talk at practice. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. <clears throat> yeah. No. All in all, I think that Bartlett was definitely a, a smooth night. Um, we got out of there pretty early, and then uh, Bob and I had a. We, we walked in. We're having one. We're having one. Yep. Yep. We're having one, and then we had five, and uh, I. I was all right with that because... There were Corona lights, though, so it was like two and a half. Right, yeah. And there, were, there was Vegas Golden Knights hockey on the television, so... And there's a lot of people watching it at a beautiful <laughs> establishment like Skips. Yeah, well, pool, pool darts and fun. Well, we had all all intents and purposes of making it a, at least a trio, and uh, we pull out of the racetrack, I call Lindsay, and I'm like, hey, what are you doing? She's like, sleeping. I'm like, I'm sorry to bother you. And, <laughs> like, halfway through the conversation, she's like, uh, my stomach is fucking, like, really, like, something's not right. So I thought we were having a baby. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, so I was like, uh, I'm going to skip beers real quick. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, uh, okay, uh, good luck with that. I'm going to go to Skip's. <laughs> yeah, let me know how that works out for you. Call me in the morning. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just, just give me a jingle if you, if you need a ride anywhere. I'm going to go have a couple Ronas with the boys. <laughs> so so I, I thought better of that. Uh, yeah. I think I made a good executive decision on that yeah. one. And, uh, yeah. Congrats uh, on your son. Didn't have a... <laughs> <laughs> still, still have not had a baby yet, so that's uh, oh, still in the crock pot. Still, yeah, <laughs> still developing, yeah. uh, so. marinating. Yeah. <laughs> oh fuck! Yeah, no, uh, no. Friday was a good time, and then Saturday, uh, on my end of things, anyway, we had the uh, the infamous baby shower uh, that has been planned out and navigated for the last fucking way too many months, and uh, <clears throat> went down to old Duffy's in uh, Old Orchard Beach, get everything set up. And then uh, Dan, Jeff, and I proceeded to go down the street to, um, fuck my throat hurts, uh, <laughs> um, to the Brunswick, where uh, we just proceeded to get absolutely shithoused while all the girls were at the baby shower. And we were ordering, Perfect. Uh, we ordered a Captain and Coke, and I am pretty sure it was a Captain and Captain. <laughs> uh, just the way you like it. <laughs> had about three of them, and... Uh, Started getting a little tingly, if you will. Face uh, was warm. <laughs> and uh, we decided it was probably time to go back, pick up all the shit, and we get there. I f- first thing I do in front of God and everybody, I trip right over the fucking entryway <laughs> back into the back into the baby shower. So now there's just the drunken dad in the background <laughs> picking up all the shit. Yeah, Homer uh, Simpson so just showed was, up. <laughs> that, was, that was real good. And then, uh, yeah. Oh! Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, Bradley, you had, a, you had a Saturday, too. Yeah, not really, honestly. Uh, every every rain. race car event in the entire Northeast rained out on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't I wasn't planning on race carring anyways. Um, you know, Amanda was going to be coming up, and and I just it it one thing led to another. And Thursday we got fucked up, and Friday we went to go karts and got fucked up, and everything I needed to do before she got there, um, so it didn't look like fucking Nagasaki went off in the camper. Uh, I had to do Saturday, so I got all that stuff done. I had to do a bunch of laundry because I'm going on vacation this week, and. Uh, it was just a really boring day, and then Bob and I uh, went to uh, fairgrounds. It was a nice hour-long wait, um, and uh, we just kind of put in a little bit of a shift there, and 
just went home and kind of relaxed. It was it was pretty much more of just a waiting game because we had obviously had Operation Pack the Bar planned for Sunday. So Saturday was kind of a wash. Um, not not really any race car in. I just watched the uh, the old truck race on the telly and uh, then uh, kind of just went to bed like fairly early actually. Um, you know, at least from what I was expecting, and um, just got up got up early as fuck yesterday. Um, and just I knew obviously Lee was the end destination. Well, um, good buddy Tucker Johnson uh, is from the old Salisbury, Newburyport area, and we ended up going to this nice place called the Deck in Salisbury. So uh, right before the bridge, going over to Newburyport, I believe, and it was an unbelievable spot. It is very much um, Caribbean Jacks vibes. It's kind of the same same sort of deal. Um, I would definitely put Caribbean Jacks a little bit higher on the uh, the scale just because of the food options, but um, just a great spot. You know, super relaxing overlooking the ocean, and uh, then uh, then obviously we jetted on over to Lee, where we had uh, we had a real healthy car count of uh, gaggle members. Yeah, we uh, we all lead. All yeah. three of us lead. Yeah, I had a uh, open house Seacoast RV. And, uh, look at me, big time race car driver doing sponsorship appearances. Uh, drug the old 13350 down there, signed a couple autographs, uh, got to check out Seacoast RVs. I'd never been there before. And uh, after that, headed down to Lee with with the, the rest of the gaggle, as Brad mentioned. We uh, took over our own little area of the bar. And uh, You're welcome. <laughs> yep. And uh, we, there was a speaker right in front of us, and man, was it loud. Like I oh was my God. trying to figure out how to turn the volume down, you know. Didn't want to just cut the wire completely, but they <laughs> contemplated it. Um, but by the end of the day, it didn't matter. My ears are still ringing. I don't really care. Um, they had at cars, pro stocks, uh, bang bangers, uh, bang bangies, and bang bang ons. Um, mm. A lot of shit boxes. Bang yeah. bangerettes. Uh, yep. Great fucking act race. Phenomenal race between Brandon Barker, Jimmy Renfrew, and uh, Gabe Brown. Barker ended up picking up the win there. Um, for some reason, the springtime act race at Lee just always. Always was a good race, and uh, this weekend's race was no different. Yeah, it was phenomenal. Um, obviously, uh, as uh, anyone knows me, when I watch a race, there's a race pool involved. Well, I didn't want to, uh, I didn't want to be the one that hosted it, just because it. I've I've had a fair shake of them recently, so I was like, hey, Tucker Johnson, just go, you know, go get all your buddies and just make a pool. Tell me when I pick. All right, sounds good. <clears throat> so he goes over, comes back. He's like, he's like, uh, you have pick two. And I was like, well, one of my buddies, Matt, I told him to put him in there. He didn't put him in there. And I'm like, dude, you didn't put Matt in there? I'm like, just give him the last pick then or whatever. Give him, put him wherever. And he's like, well, I'll give him second to last. And I was like, okay. So I went over to Matt. I was like, do you want to be second or second to last? He's like, no, second, of course. I was like, okay. I was like, you know, it's a snake draft, right? So you pick second and then you also pick second to last. You don't just pick second to last in the first round, then second in the second round like any snake draft ever and so he's like yeah no I, I want the zero three i was like well that makes sense so dj shaw first off the board Derek luchaki next and then there was a run of picks and i, I ended up picking eighth or seventh or whatever so <clears throat> i get brandon barker and then it snakes back to me and i'm like well, well i'm gonna take jason corliss and so i'm wearing a gay brown t-shirt and now i'm standing at the fence going through all of the emotions because jimmy out of the three or Jimmy and Gabe out of the, uh, the four of them up there are the only ones that currently had a BFP sticker on the car. So I'm like, I want them to do good. I don't need any BFP on BFP violence because if there is some, I'm going to lose money and I would like to win money. And so they're putting on an absolute fuck of a battle. I mean, just, you know, swapping the lead, crossing each other over, washing each other up the racetrack. And they, they use, just, they use each other up. That's yeah. For sure. Ricky Rolfe said it best on, uh, on Facebook. Well, Dale Shaw's act cars get real tight on the bottom underneath somebody. <laughs> yeah. They don't really turn very well, especially getting into one. 
Yeah, um, which yeah. they were all all shot cars battling up front. Um, Renfro eventually drove into the side of Brandon, spun himself out. Um, we're all uh, cheering for Brandon. You know, Brandon and I have been pretty much friends for the majority of our lives. I grew up racing with Brandon. He lived right down the street from me. So we're all cheering and going nuts and uh, big gaggle of us. And I turn around at one point and Jimmy Renfro's dad's standing right behind us. I'm like, ooh, tough. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, what did uh, Gabe Brown lined up second on the, the ensuing restart? I think that was with like seven or eight to go. And Barker chose the top, and we're all like, that was a piss-poor decision, Brandon, because Gabe Brown was on the bottom, and Gabe ran him right to the scoreboard getting into one. <laughs> um, luckily, the caution came out for <clears throat> somebody else spinning up back. Brandon smartened up, chose the bottom the next time, and he ran Gabe to the scoreboard <laughs> getting into one. Yeah. Um, and drove away. Pretty. Brandon had the best car all day, um, just was very patient, kind of let those guys go early and, and you know burn it up. Uh, I like Gabe and I like Jimmy, but them too, I think when they race to each other, they kind of up the ante on each other and uh, might have burned their stuff up. But Yeah, it was <laughs> it was definitely tough there at the end with, uh, you know, like like you mentioned, we like Gabe, we like Jimmy, we like Brandon. I grew up with Brandon as well, played basketball with him and stuff like that growing up through school. And, <clears throat> and then <clears throat> Jason Corliss has become a friend of the program, been on the show, like like all, his whole crew, and I'm just sitting there. And we like, got to talk <clears throat> about DJ Shaw because his wife thinks we hate him. True, yeah. <laughs> DJ <laughs> Shaw had a no solid sense. run. We love DJ Shaw. Yeah. I don't understand that. Yeah, she's convinced know. we hate him. So uh, if you see this week on our uh, BFP power rankings, there's just going to be a DJ Shaw uh, section with just DJ in it at the top. Yeah, so. it's going to be DJ Shaw at the top in his own like number one category and the number bottom zero fucking whatever category is going to be Parker Kligerman because fuck Parker Kligerman. <laughs> but, um, I think we could probably Google like a random just DJ Shaw and find like a random athlete and just put that next to <laughs> Bobby like Lashley a, like a college basketball player yeah. uh yeah no but uh no it was honestly it was it was a phenomenal race it was definitely everything as advertised which is cool it was Amanda's first time going to Lee so um you know and she's obviously not from the fendered car world so she didn't really know what she was expecting and I was like oh I was like hyping it up all week I'm like I can't wait and she's like I can't wait and I just got there and I'm like I hope it's a good race fucking a. and it was a phenomenal race I was going through all the emotions um didn't want didn't want any of our buddies to to wreck um right there but uh it was awesome to see brandon win especially for that oh no crew uh, they've had a, a tough season so far put himself in a category uh that consisted of two people uh, dj kennington and dale earnhardt uh, as the only guys to win their first ever act race in their first ever start yep it's a very specific group of people mm, for sure yep. but uh, <laughs> they're both very good race car drivers DJ Kennington, obviously nowhere near as popular as uh, Dale Earnhardt, but uh, he's also her. very good. Allegedly, was yeah, I was gonna was say good. allegedly no longer with us, but um, yeah, no, there was uh, there was also Dave Cameron picking up the uh, the win in the uh, BFP Sling Runners, uh, Sling Blades, <laughs> yeah, Bombers Dogs, Sling Bomber Runners. Ridge? What are they? Ridge Runners. Yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> I fucked up every every name to uh, everything. The worst one was, um, I think, the O'Reilly Auto Parts Six Shooters. Um, you so you I, misgendered the winner? Well, so here's what happened. Bob. <laughs> I wrote so, this one down in my notes. <laughs> so I showed up, and uh, Mark Beaudry, incredible, incredible person, very good at what he does. He's, you know, Ben Bisowski's like, right-hand guy. He does all the Nash Revision shit. And apparently the way that Lee used to do all of their audio shit was it was quite literally like a CD player with an aux cord off the back. 
and so Mark shows up. He's like, yeah, this thing's got a wicked feedback to it. And I don't know what it is. I'm like, really? You don't know what it is? That's probably the it's, fucking It's fucking 90s ABBA technology. playing. <laughs> yeah, it's now that's what I call Hits Volume 7 playing. <laughs> so uh, basically called Stacey's it Audible. Mom. <laughs> calls it Audible. It gets an iPad from fucking somewhere with uh, like a couple random songs on it just for like background noise to try and make it more of like a show. And uh, other than that, he's like, all right, go. it's up to you. Go figure it out. I'm like, what do you mean figure it out? I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Like, I thought I thought I was just showing up with a mic like a Bartlett. I, did, I, I didn't realize how much, like, Andy, like, I forgot, I guess, how much Andy Austin would put into it. And, like, he brings his own laptop and has, like, a fucking full-blown DJ thing going on in there. And then there's me, um, which I have, like, a new cell phone, and that's about it. So um, we're going through it. And I didn't even have a roster until like the cars were coming on the racetrack and I'm looking down at this and the 67 car on my paper it says Christian Di Stefano. Now, I know it's 2023 and we all get to make decisions in regards to simple things, but um I've never met a female Christian before. So I just assumed um that they had a penis. <clears throat> Very much did not. Uh, <laughs> no, she won the first race. <laughs> oh, d- uh, for lack of a better term, dick stomped him. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, so uh, she gets out with a full, long, blonde head of hair, and I was just like, mm. <laughs> shit. That's a tough one. That, that's actually both of us. Uh, I did that at go-karts on Friday um, as well. So Charlie. Yeah, that's right. You did do that. We were doing we were doing our little own stand-up comedy routine, and uh, at one point I had broke Charlie, and he's like, you got to you take this one. I'm like, all right. So. I'm watching Stafford. Stafford's like playing like on my phone just in the background because whenever we have like silence or we have like a downtime, I just like look over, see what's going on. Well, I'm looking down at my phone and the 12 car before the race even goes green of Alexandra Fern is on pit road being jacked up. And I go to start reading the scoring pylon and you always say Alexander Madruga. And I was like, Alexandra Madruga. And then I got one more person in and I was like, actually, I just completely butchered that first one. And I just remembered that uh, that is actually a Alexander, not an Alexandra. You watch Stafford enough, you start messing up dudes' names. Very and- handsome woman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, I accidentally did that as well. But uh, no, all in all, I think uh, for uh, whatever production you walked into and uh, being completely unprepared as uh, usual, uh, that was a pretty solid performance. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> I think. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, no, that was a. Uh, it was a uh, definitely. It was cool. You 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 put you put a lot of uh, you know, heart and soul into the announcing, and that's probably why you deep throated a cactus. Yeah, well, yeah, it sounds like you put your whole throat into it. Well, I, the, the <clears throat> mic the mic was just slightly bigger than my esophagus, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> I won't. <laughs> that sounds like it should be a slur. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the joke, but Bob. it's just esophagus. Yeah, <laughs> I, I emphasis the uh, On the wrong syllable. The wrong syllable. <laughs> <laughs> That's twice in the last three shows that we've said that. It's still just as funny. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> no, it was. Uh, it was. It was a lot of fun. Um, we had the. Uh, it, it was a lot like Bartlett, where you know how we kind of like make sure that um, Eddie has that speaker next to us working, so that we kind of know what the fuck is going on. Well, we open up the winner, uh, the win, yeah, winners, the windows, and um, also, by the way, I I was up until thirty seconds of taking the green flag to the first um, race before John Gates from Stafford shows up. So what had happened was the whole year is supposed to be me and Randy Wheelock <clears throat> from last year, and Randy um, apparently had called out sick, 
and John S. Burnett, the new general manager of the racetrack, was trying to find somebody else to do it with me because, one, it's my first time. Two, I don't really know fucking anybody there. and I probably could have figured my way through it, but um, the only information I got was, yeah, somebody's coming. It's the guy that does the trucks. I'm like, what? Rick Allen? Yeah, I was, like, <laughs> I was literally, I literally said, I was like, well, is fucking Rick Allen about to show up here? Because, like, that seems weird. Um, but uh, waiting and waiting, waiting, and thank God John showed up because he, uh, he certainly was an incredible counterpart the whole night, and uh, we we seemed to feed off each other very, very well. And uh, no, it was it was a good time. Uh, I think my new favorite thing is announcing single car qualifying, though. That's, uh, that's also why your voice is killed. Yeah, yeah, I kind of. You got a full snowball derby. A little excited there. But try to make a show out of it. Hopefully I did all right on that portion of it. And uh, definitely sold some pay-per-views, that's for sure. Uh, Beaudry was saying that it was around two, dollars $3,000 worth of pay-per-views sold last night just for Nash Revision. So that was a pretty good little deal. Yeah. That's uh... Garrett Hall picked up the win in the super late model race, went caution-free. Nick Cusack was second. Ryan Green was third. If they ever run a 300-lap with no pit stop race at Lee in a pro stock, Nick Cusack will lap the field. Yeah. yeah. He's always the same thing in the Oktoberfest last year. Came on real strong at the end. Um, finished second in that race as well. Um, There's a little bit of a Beatridge throwback up front. It looked a lot like. of Beatridge guys that rate. Like my dad asked me that at work today. He's like, who you know, who runs at Lee for pro stocks? You know, is it Grand State guys? I'm like, no, in all honesty, it's all Beatridge guys. Yeah. You know, you've got basically the top three. Um, we're Beatridge guys, and Brandon Barker, um, he finished fourth, I think. He had Corey Bubar out there, Evan Boyer out there. You know. I think at one point I called the top three the main invaders because it was Scarborough, Scarborough, and Berwick yeah. um, at Lee, New Hampshire. New I've Hampshire always considered Center. Ryan Green a Lee guy, though, just because he did race at Lee for a long time. But, yeah. He did um, dabble at the Ridge a couple a couple handfuls Yeah, times. when he first started racing super late models, he ran with me at Beatridge, but. I think all in all, though, um, I've been going to leave for a very long time. Other than Beechridge, it was probably one of like our other main tracks that we went to race there a handful of times. And uh, <coughs> sorry, um, you should be. Yeah, that's my bad. Um, no, but uh, out of every time I've been to Lee, uh, usually about 8 o'clock is when they're starting to figure out the fuck out and throw the green for the heat races. And uh, races started at 4, and we were out of there by 8 o'clock, yeah. which is un-fucking-heard of yeah. for Lee. <clears throat> I, wanna, I just want to put my hand up and apologize to everyone that's uh, listening and can't see. Um, we, we were all very confused as to why there was a doubleheader for the six shooters on a day where the actor was in... in town and typically typically like charlie just mentioned that there are there are programs at lee that last very long um i was actually reading through some of the facebook comments and everyone was just like hope there's no curfew tonight i oh, hope the hope the lights work oh we're gonna be out of there by midnight like, everyone in the comments and i was just like yeah they're probably fucking right and then we got to applebee's at like 8 30 i was like holy shit <laughs> like they just, they just rattled <laughs> off like 400 plus laps and uh it was in under four hours. So I cannot give Ben Bosowski, John Espernet, and his entire team he he brought over from Hudson enough credit for how well yesterday went at Lee. Because, um, like I said, I've been going there for over a decade. Never once have I been there where the show was not at least slightly a fuck show. Um, biggest thing that he did was he had the next race in lineup ready to go when the first when the race on the racetrack was done throw the checkered and uh i made the executive decision before the night even started they're like are we doing top three on the front stretch i said absolutely fucking not they're like what do you mean 
I'm like, no, we're going to do the winner for every race. And then the last race, we'll do the last three because there's nothing after that at all. They're like, well, wh- what about the people who, who think they need to you know, thank their sponsors for getting in third? I was like, well, they should have done better. <laughs> like, yeah. welcome to big time auto racing. Also like five of them out there. Right. So yeah. <laughs> like, like as much as we love support divisions and, and the reason for double header events for, you know, bang bangers or ship boxes or whatever is so that you can draw more cars. But like, I, as much as we love you, the, the thousands of people in the stands are not there for the third place driver of the bang bang. And I couldn't tell you what any driver said in their interview. <laughs> yeah. Cause I did right. not fucking listen. Right. So even um, despite having the speaker uh, right blasting in our face all day, so we we banged up banged out the winners, got that done. Next race was on the racetrack. Espernet was on top of that with his lineup crew. Um, all of his cronies down there in lineup in the pits did a phenomenal job all night. And um, it, like I said, it just it rolled off without a hitch, other than the one cuzzo doing a fucking flippy on the that back did stretch. set the tone for the day, it, or it seemed like it was going to. It's like yep, of course, lap one of feature one, and we got one upside down already. Yeah. But yeah. that was it. Um, yeah. yeah, but no, uh, I'm very happy. I'm excited to go back um, at some point this Saturday. Um, I don't think we're going to be there. It's a JDV production. They actually take over the entire racetrack for the entire weekly event, too. too. So um, I don't think I'm going to have anything to do with that. But excited to get back there and see what we can do and uh, hopefully put on another show at Lee. Yeah, no, it was a, it was a great uh, great Sunday. Uh, like I mentioned, we capped it off at Applebee's with a gaggle of us like we tend to do. And uh yeah, looking forward to uh, the next trip to Lee. Unfortunately, I can't be there this weekend, but they do have the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour in town, like you just mentioned, and uh, it'll definitely be one to one to watch. They got the 350 Supers as well, um, so if anyone's just in the area, kind of hanging around, uh, definitely want to go check out Lee. I believe that's on Saturday. <coughs> yeah, uh, so. no, like uh, like you said, um, NASCAR Wheel and Mod Tour race there a year ago was a really good race, and I'm sure this year will be no different. So just another. Uh, Another shout out to Ben Bazowski. He uh, he's done a lot for for us and for me personally. And uh, this year's no different. Um, but boy, do I feel like a fucking nerd when you go sign in. And uh, so yeah, I'm on the media list. She's like, okay, who are you with? And I'm like, Black Fang Podcast. Me and my friends, we talk on a microphone. I'm like, as nerdy as that sounds. Are you she, done, Dominic, over there? <laughs> she she just laughs and goes, yeah. I mean, I was kind of thinking it, but you said it, so so yeah, I appreciate you. Um, yeah, no, uh, it was it was a good uh, good day all, all in all, but uh, there wasn't a ton of racing that happened um, throughout this uh, this region. Obviously, Oxford ran yesterday, and um, it uh, everything else. I feel like for the most part, Groveton I think raced as well. But um, we we do obviously have an interview coming up with Glenn Reen a little bit later on. He won the uh, Open eighty one at uh, Stafford this past Friday night. Uh, also, uh, want to give a shout out to uh, Michael Jervis, who uh, is a friend big, of the program, big time friend of the program, and uh, picked up his first win in I think eight years. It's Jarvis, by the way. Jarvis, yeah, same thing. It does not look like Jarvis. Um, he's wrong, but it's a G E R V A I S. Spelled Jarvis. We're gonna go, we're gonna go with Jarvis. Gervas. Just do it backwards. Gervais. Save Reg. Gervais. Anyway, Siav Reg. That's what it is from now on. <laughs> you just do it backwards. He won in an SK at Stafford, so that's pretty rad. <clears throat> yeah, for the first time in a in a decent little while. I, actually, he was one of the first. He was one of the first ones that I actually was introduced to. I think Sean Foster, one of my first trips to Stafford, introduced me to him. So I've always kind of been following along with him, and uh, it's think, good to see him have some success. I think the first conversation him and I had was, "Is Rusty still stupid?" And I'm like, "Yep, yeah, that never changed." Because I think he raced go karts with Rusty when they were little ass kids. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ryan Fern also won the late model race. Um, and uh, uh, the Mad Pup won the uh, SK Lights Jaji. as well. 
not a thousand percent sure who the other ones are, but uh, Kevin Cormier won the late limited late model race, and Ryan Waterman um, all won again in a street stock. Stonks. Yeah, Oxford. Uh, Oxford pushed their weekly show to Sunday. Um, getting some good car counts up there. Uh, Calvin Rose Jr. picked up the win over Kate Ray uh, and Mike Rowe in the super late models. Um, Nate Levitt won the limiteds. Good for Nate. We like, Nate. we like a Nate. Um, Caleb Morris won the Thunderstocks. Tyson Jordan picked up a win in the Street Stocks. Tyler Connolly, um, I believe Buckshot Connolly was his nickname at Bartlett. He picked up the win in the Rookies. Uh, Tony Gibbons, I think, won by default. Uh, a couple of them uh, didn't make it through the Tech Barn in the Mad Bombers. Good for Tony. and uh, Only because I'll wear a half helmet out there for the Mad Bombers. Yeah, and uh, it was good to see he's... Uh, Rip while ripping darts. He is a show, just on his own. <laughs> uh, he literally is the show and won the show, so good for Tony. And Larry Lazat won the figure eight cars. We do have a couple uh, Patreon comments. I don't know that there's a ton of questions in here, but uh, <clears throat> Mason Dunn stopped by with his uh, weekly wrap-up of uh, Weapon of the Week nominees. Uh, Annabeth Barnes-Crumb for flying off the handle and destroying two cars over a bump. Um Jake Crumb for flying off the handle and destroying a face over a bump. Uh, dude buddy in the 43 pro, pro late at North Wilkesboro for almost barrel rolling over the pit that wall. That wasn't his fault. That was that the other was, guy's yeah, fault other for guy's not holding fault. the brake. The other guy's bouncing off the inside wall and then the outside wall and then the inside wall. And, and I tweeted that video. I was like, whatever you do, don't hold the brakes. Was it a save? <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, I'm getting carved up. He didn't fucking have brakes. I'm like, yeah, that's what I'd say, too, if I just backed down in front of the field and almost killed a guy. Yeah. Uh, and then keep your foot in the gas and just run yourself into the wall until everyone goes by. Um, and uh, then poor sweet Noah for being the first to find the end of pit wall in turn one. Cut the entry a little early, my dude. <laughs> I didn't even see it, but that's he, a tough one. He turned like way too early, smoked the inside wall, and then bounced out into traffic and got right reared into the fence. Oh, good. And then won the fan vote, so they had to fix it. <laughs> <laughs> tough. Tough one uh, for the kid. You hate to see it. There's no way they used the same car, did they? Oh, they yeah, they did. did. They yeah. had to, like, Holy fuck. Tape, that was a tape it all hit. back together. That was a big hit. The car yeah. took it like a champ because he hit it head on, so it didn't really do a ton of damage. Folded the fucking safer barrier up. But yeah. What a sentence you just, just had. Stretched his neck out of foot. <laughs> <laughs> it, it didn't really do a ton. He just hit it head on. <laughs> well, those, those cars are fucking battle tanks. Like, yeah. Uh, you, can, you can run into the wall wide open and you're fine, but God forbid you bump into someone's left rear, it snaps the tow link on it and the car's junk. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and the whole uh, crumb situation is crummy. Um, <laughs> they, uh, <laughs> way back. Um, <laughs> I hope that they press charges over the uh, spotter stand incident. Obviously, there's Jake Crumb, more like Jake fucking... Scum. Yeah, <laughs> tweet. <laughs> uh, the, people already have <laughs> tweet that right now. <laughs> so uh, they already did. Yeah. Um, so if you didn't see that situation. Um, if you're going to fuck around and find out, probably don't do it to the kid with a massive YouTube following, um, mm. Landon Huffman. But Annabeth Barnes uh, got shipped out of the way in a late model race. Um, you're in North Carolina racing late model stocks. Like uh, I, I, You're going to get shipped out of the way at some <clears> point. <throat> she uh, did a I turn now everybody else. Missed Landon Huffman completely. Uh, drove over some other dude, spun herself out, and then under caution drove around wide open and smashed into the back of him, went up over his right rear. Uh, she launched through the air and hit the wall, so wrecked her car too, but took Landon out. Um, and if that's not bad enough, her husband then beat the shit out of his dad in the spotter stand and was like stomp, stomping on his neck and punching him uh, while people were trying to break it up. See, I've never understood. The spotters are not driving the car. No, and I, I commented on Dan Collins made a post, and I'm like, as much as some of them act like it, the spotters do not drive the race cars. Twice in my brief spotting experiences have I taken my headset off and gone, 
I don't drive it. Yell at the guy who does. Stop yelling at me. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the fuck you want. I actually told a guy at Beechridge one night. I did do that with Rusty. I once. said, if I could wreck somebody from row 15 of the grandstands with a button, what makes you think I'd have done it to you guys? I certainly would have picked a car that's in between 22 and 24. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what did they do? Uh, no, in a super late model. <laughs> Your car's not oh, orange. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> so, um, so yeah, that's definitely shitty. Um, I I I got that one time at Oxford. I was spotting for Russell, and he fucking turned Barker around. Yeah, I drove right through. That's what about. Yeah, but uh, we can probably talk about it now because I like Sanford a lot. Uh, Sanford got up in my face. He's like, "I'm gonna jump your shit." I'm like, "Sanford, I'm not driving the car." Yeah, and that was just like the ultimate. Like, why are you gonna wreck my limited? Yeah, you're gonna hit the Volkswagen in the parking lot. I was like, Sanford, I'm not the one driving the car. You go have go have a conversation with them. Which yeah, I get it, you get, yeah. you get hot under the collar, no, but yeah. certainly fighting, and I'm sure it was like, I guess I don't know, but I don't think Huffman's dad started the fight either. No, I doubt it, and uh, Jordan Powell actually had a uh, response, uh, just responded to uh, Mason's comment and just said, don't forget that Annabeth and Jake went and praised God yesterday. Yeah, Lord uh, Heavenly Father, please forgive me if I have sinned. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, she, she also, she's also the one that called everybody pussies on their po- uh, post race interview a couple weeks ago, yeah. or bitches or something. I don't know. Called like a full promo. It was awesome. Yeah, good for her. It was uh, really good for the brand for her to wreck herself trying to wreck someone else. Um, Jordan Powell also said, uh, if if you was in Rob Huffman's situation Saturday night at Hickory, <clears throat> what would you have done while Jake Scum was there? It is. It was uh, kicking you on the ground. Personally, I would have grabbed his dick and balls, twisted them as hard as I could. <laughs> Uh, it's probably not that. <laughs> I mean, uh, I would have shoved a cactus down his throat. Yeah. What didn't help is the spotter stand seemed like it was like a, a legitimate bullpen. <laughs> like they were yeah. like corralled in like with these. There was no room for fighting. It, so Jake Crumb, from what I could see, looked like a big, big fella. Too. It, it, it was like weird. I not, not a small kid. It was weird how they invested tens of millions of dollars into this. Um, right? Are we talking? Hickory. Hickory. Yeah. Never mind. Dis- disregard. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. The yeah. watermelons. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Call back. Uh, Jordan also goes on to say, this is the last part of the uh, Patreon deal. Also, I seen one of y'all's shirts at North Wilkesboro yesterday. Told the guy he had a cool shirt. Shush. Shush. That reminds me, Bradley, you better shush. not. Yeah. <laughs> should I, sh- should I shut, the Fuck shut up? Did he shush? <laughs> is he shushing himself? <laughs> shush. shush. That shush. reminds me. Shush your lips. Shush. Do shush. the Helen Keller shush. and talk shush. with your shush. hips. <laughs> Bradley, you better not forget my shirt and hat when you come to North Carolina. Well, don't, tell him, don't tell him to shush then, man. It's already in my... Shit. Yeah, it's already in my... Uh, already yeah, that was probably shirt. Brian Hahn. Um, that guy wraps the shit out of our clothes, and uh, he was at uh, he was at North Wilkesboro. Well, not like our clothes. Like, he has his own that he buys right. from it. Yeah. No. Oh. The mar- he bought a Bobby Timmons shirt, so I just literally sent him a random shirt out of my closet. <laughs> I sent him my thong. So I misunder- <laughs> misunderstood the assignment, I guess. <laughs> What did um, I do wrong? <laughs> it was a hell of a week for weaponry in the sport of automobile racing. Um, obviously, Annabeth Barnes taking the uh, taking the cake easily. She gets the feature win there. Um, but there was a good good heat race worth of weapons. I got um, first. Uh, Nick Nick Anglis, um thanked himself for how great of a driver he is for finishing third with a torn up SK car or SK light car. Um, uh, why? Like bold just, strategy. Yeah. Cotton. What a to the point like you, Freddie Kraft. And us three are in a group chat, and uh, this was during go karts. And Friday night, he's like, "Is this this kid serious right now?" And we're all like, "Yeah, yeah, it's just kind of how he acts." Like, you should read his Facebook posts about him uh, testing an Arca car. We got a yeah, we got the next fucking Dale Earnhardt here. 
Um, and then Austin Beers, good pal, friend of the program. Uh, he texted me yesterday after the uh, NASCAR Wheeling Modified Tour race at Riverhead, asking if he could nominate uh, JB Farting, uh, JB Fortin, for Weapon of the Week. And I'm like, yes, a lot of weapons this week, man. But I'll uh, I'll give it a, an honorable mention. Um, maybe I wasn't supposed to say who it was from. Sorry, Austin. Ah. <laughs> uh, Said uh, JB cleaned him out on the last lap, which makes sense because uh, that's a scheduled tweet for any NASCAR wheel and modified tour event that JB is in. I was gonna say the uh, my, mine's not nearly as egregious as any of those, but um, I did have some boomer in the stands. Um, I went down and did the uh, the first uh, victory lane interview, <clears throat> and I'm walking back up into the tower. And uh, there's this fucking old boomer who I assume has gone to Lee since day one uh, and has watched every shitty fucking program that's his, ever his been done. His name is Lee. His kid's name is Lee. His dog's name Lee. <laughs> the cat's hey? name is USA. Yeah. Uh, and I, I assume he's just not used to having a good time there. So I was walking. <laughs> I, I Maybe maybe, in, maybe he's just a regular at the nudist park and this is his first <laughs> Lee experience. So I'm walking up the stairs there and he's le- legitimately upset with me. He's like, he, like yelling. He's like, why the fuck do you have a mic if all you're going to do is yell? So what I did was I stopped turned looked directly at him and i said i'm doing it just to piss you off and walked right back up the stairs and he mm. had nothing to say the rest of the night shout <laughs> out to that guy yeah. see there's a big reason um upon other things why i shouldn't and probably will never be an actual announcer at a actual like full-size facility with like fans like that that you have to like, interact with throughout the event um because i would have got back up into the booth, turned the mic on, and been like, yeah, there's some fucking dildo down here. <laughs> just didn't like the fact that I was fucking yelling. And uh, just, yeah, I would have put him on blast. But what, like, what am I supposed Joke, to do? Joke's on you. His voice works today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, I was like, what, but I'm thinking, like, what am I supposed to do? Am I just supposed to sit here and fucking do nothing or just have a casual conversation with you, know, you or whoever? And yeah. Just do, like, what are we talking about? I don't understand. Yeah, what an idiot. My, my, wow. uh, <clears throat> Everyone that has uh, already been taken was uh, was a real solid one. I'll I'll take the the fucking ninth hitter on the roster. Uh, I'll just go with Parker Kligerman for uh, the reasoning being that they had I think like thirty eight trucks that were trying to make the truck field right, and they, so you, you need to be in the top thirty one in order to make it in on time because there's other people that have charters or whatever the fuck the trucks do. I don't know. And basically, Parker Kligerman needed to beat like five trucks or like six trucks to make the race total. And one of them was Zane Smith, who didn't even make a lap in qualifying. So he needed to beat like five trucks total. So we do this gambling portion of the show, right? There was no audio file last week. They'll be, we'll be back this week, but I took Parker Kligerman for a top three. It was plus 1,200. I'm like, that's some pretty crazy odds. I mean, you know, he's he's pretty all right. I looked at the 10-lap fastest averages. He was second. 15-lap fast averages, he was like third. He was one of the fastest cars in all of the lap averages. I'm like, this guy knows this track. He probably fucking runs out on iRacing every night before he goes to bed. I'm like, he'll be all right. <clears throat> I'm watching qualifying. He's like 28th with like three cars left. I'm like, he's not going to make the fucking race. I had literally just posted like 20 minutes ago the fact that I was taking Parker Quiggerman for a top three. Watching this shit. I'm, my jaw's like on the floor. I'm like, there's no fucking way that this guy was the second fastest car in 10 lap fastest averages. And he fucking misses the race. Like, they were taking, like, two laps, three laps, whatever. And uh, sure as shit, he went out there and did it. And I don't know that I've ever seen that happen. And literally, like, the people that missed the race were, like, fucking Norm Benning, like, Jennifer Joe Cobb, and Parker Kligerman. You're like, what? Like, 
Are you shitting me? Like there was a, there was like plenty of other guys that you would have expected to miss <laughs> it. And sure as shit, Parker. Tough break for parkour killed the man. Yeah, Clicker Parker man. Mm. Mm. Gervis, him too. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Gervais. <laughs> Sever uh, Reg or whatever I said earlier. I think a lot of I think all three of us are running on fumes tonight. So uh coming off a run of two really funny shows, I think. So sorry folks, we uh didn't really bring the heat tonight. Um maybe we did, I don't know. Um the, the interview with Glenn is actually worth listening it to. It is very funny. Uh, even if even if you don't like Glenn Reen, uh still stick around for uh, it. Yeah, he's, he's he's a funny motherfucker. Yeah, we weren't I I wouldn't I didn't really know him honestly and uh, I didn't know how the interview was going to go cuz you typically, you know, if you know someone you kind of have a feeling on it, but uh Going into it, I was like, I don't know, maybe, you know how is this going to go? Went great. So um, it was a really fun one. Super, uh, super cool guy. And I uh, can't wait to have some beers with him next time we see him. Before we foreshadow into the weekend, Charlie just handed me a cell phone. I'm looking at a picture of another man's legs and his with his underwear around his feet. Um, so I guess I'm going to read my first ever Puskis Pooper review. North Wilkesboro, 7.9 out of 10. You can what? tell that this is all new and clean, but it's very hot and there's no air movement. Makes this a tough one above an eight. Stalls are nice and spacious. Uh, and this is the bathroom that's hidden on the infield. All in all, I would come here just to take a number two if I was in the area for sure. Money well spent, <laughs> North Wilkesboro. We appreciate you. Wow. Nice. <clears throat> that's a that's a pretty high one for a place that uh, hasn't been raced at in 20 fucking years. Well, that's because they just built the bathroom brand new. <laughs> yeah, I definitely didn't expect North Wilkesboro to have that good of a shitter. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I felt, felt like they were going to be working on the safer wall and not really uh, too much of uh certainly seemed to be a cool vibe for sure uh, yeah didn't get to watch really much of the cup race at all apparently no. the race itself was awful but the it. the vibe itself made up for all of that and people seem to generally have all good things to say about it yeah. um except for the spotter stand apparently that was just scaffolding snapped together but whatever fine. don't need they, those they guys don't drive the race cars don't anyway, need those so. guys anyway um mm. yeah no uh, i think it's pretty cool that they brought that back um the whole weekend was Pretty pretty awesome to watch between the all star qualifying with the pit stops and all that stuff. So, uh, and Kyle Larson won everything. Yeah, yeah. So, he did. so in the last twenty seven years, um, Jeff Gordon and Kyle Larson the only ones to win. It. <laughs> Was Kyle Coach Larson Park. born twenty seven years ago? I, I think he is twenty seven. Barely. Yeah. <laughs> I think he literally is twenty seven. Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. <clears throat> so, um, big weekend of racing coming up this weekend at Wiscasset. It's uh, their annual coastal weekend on Saturday. Um, typically, they race on Saturdays. They don't race this Saturday. They race on Sunday. But uh, they still got some action going on at the Speedway on uh, Saturday. It's from 10 to 3. It's their coastal cruising car show with a cornhole tournament, food truck, live band, all to raise money for the Special Olympics. So uh, if you're not doing any racing yourself on Saturday, go check that out. And then Sunday is their annual coastal 200 late model race. Ten grand to win for the late model sportsman. 50-lap pass-style modifieds, uh, $1,000 to win, 30 laps for the street stocks. Fuck yeah, street stocks. As always, $5 to get in the grandstands, 20 in the pits. So shout-out to Ken Minot and the crew. Hopefully they have a big weekend over there at Wiscasset. Um, also, also, we're sponsoring lap 69. Of course we event. are. It's right on brand. <laughs> uh, so uh, we'll uh, we'll see who gets the lead and take uh, take our 50 bucks. Probably Josh St. Clair. Probably. <clears throat> um, I, myself, take two at Waterford Speed Bowl. We got rained out last weekend. Um, so they moved it back to this Saturday. And, uh, as Brad mentioned a little bit earlier, there is a 350 super race scheduled at Lee Speedway. And, uh, I'd be, I guess, remiss if I didn't touch on that. Um, as I have been infamously heard on the show before bitching about the scheduling conflicts. Um, I think I was the only guy that was going to Lee. That's not, um, as far as I know. 
So uh, shouldn't hurt the car counts too bad. Um, that's I saw a lot of people were worried, you know, having two tracks race 350 Supers. There's actually three. Oswego opens on this Saturday night as well. Um, like I said, don't think it's going to be an issue. There's going to be a good field of cars at both races. So if you're in the Waterford area, come check us out. If you're not uh, in the, or if you're in the New Hampshire area, go to Lee, like we said. I'm looking forward to getting back there. Um, and Sean finally texted me back. So, uh, and we're not racing last. So God bless Waterford Speed Bowl and Sean Foster. God bless daddy. <laughs> um, yeah, I, uh, touch on a little bit later and with, uh, Glenn, but, uh, my weekend plans are a whole lot different. Um, I've had this trip planned for quite a while, but, uh, in about, mm, I don't know, nine hours, I'm uh, going to be headed down South to North Carolina, going to uh, the Coke 600 weekend, just kind of going to go down and uh, hang out with a bunch of the friends, a bunch of the pals. Going to uh, crash at Noah's Pad for uh, the next handful of days and uh, probably jump on over to uh, the racetrack and hang out with Joey and Jacinda and uh, some uh, northern crew that uh, are going to be down there for the weekend. So excited to see all that, um, check all that stuff out, and uh, <clears throat> hopefully uh, you know get there uh, you know at a reasonable hour tomorrow and we don't have any uh, truck issues. Like I don't know if anyone saw Noah's story, but uh, he had about a 1988 fucking Dodge van that uh, was blown up on the side of the road four different fucking times this afternoon <laughs> um yeah i don't know what i don't know what that was all about but uh yeah looking forward to it it's gonna be yeah gonna be a fun weekend gonna uh get down there and see some friends and uh it sounds sounds like uh probably a, a hickory trip on a thursday for the asa race is uh, gonna happen i'm still uh, a little bit on the fence uh, i'd say that it's getting a little bit more promising but uh, i'd put it about a 75 percent chance now that uh, that that happens but uh all in all, just uh, kind of going to go down and hang out with some people that we don't see that often. So, looking forward to that. Uh-huh. So, this has been episode, what, 220? 220. And here's our interview with Glenn Reen. All right, boys and girls. So, as we just mentioned, we now welcome on Glenn Reen, the winner of this past Friday's Call Before You Dig Open Modified 81. What's going on, man? What's happening, guys? Thanks for uh, Thanks for having me. Of course, actually, and uh, I did want to uh, just bring up first and foremost before we actually get too far into this that uh, I believe it was actually Thursday because it's a karaoke night at the local dive bar. Bobby and I went out and we're sitting there having a couple couple beers. Again, this is fr- this is before Friday. Obviously, you go out there and pick up the win, and Bobby says, "You know who we should really have on the show sometime?" And I was like, "Who?" Like, you know, he could add, he could say anyone, and he's like, "Glenn Ream. We should definitely have him on the podcast sometime." And that was Thursday. Slim thought that was pretty cool, and uh, obviously, go out there on Friday and do some pretty cool things. So that's uh, I think I think he manifests your win. I hey, if you guys want to have beers again and talk about it, let's do it. Yeah, absolutely. So, and uh, we did go out to uh, uh, Applebee's last night, a little late night after Lee and have some beers with your buddy Slim. And he uh, he actually mentioned that you were at the Blink-182 concert. Uh, how was that? And uh, do they still got it? Dude, it was epic. And here's the craziest thing. So the Slim didn't find out till we got home, but I was supposed to have had a Blink-182 concert back when I was a kid. And I got in trouble and my dad took the tickets away. So I got grounded. And then like, a year later, they were supposed to come back, and that's when Tom left, and they broke up. So I've been waiting forever to see Blink, and they finally announced a tour. I'm like, I don't care what it costs, I'm going. Yeah. So I couldn't afford the like the front row tickets because they were like four thousand dollars a ticket. So I end up getting like up in the stands, not far. It was decent, five hundred bucks a ticket. So I go there, and Chris Sullivan, you guys know Sully, he changes tires for Good Ale, and then now he does my stuff, and he does his own road race stuff. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I brought him as my buddy and we go down and we're looking at all the people that have pink bracelets on. Okay. And I can't even make this up. I saw a bar napkin. It was like a bar, like a uh, 
cloth, if you will, that was paint. So I asked the guy, I said, hey, can I have that? I said, we made a mess. The guy gives us the bar cloth. I rip it into strips. We took first aid tape. We wrap it and wound up on the floor. <laughs> I was the first one to crowd surf because no one was crowd surfing. It's like two songs to go. I'm like, I'm going to go up. Screw this. So I go crowd surfing. And then at the end of the concert, I wound up catching Travis Barker's drumstick. Oh, my God. What Epic a big night. What and a night. All night in Boston. So I'm a yeah. little hungover. I was going to say the first thing that Bobby said when we, when uh, he got down here, he actually got down here about 30 seconds before you jumped on. He was like, man, was I hung over this morning. We, uh, <laughs> whenever we go to Lee, we tie one on. It's definitely not as fun as a uh, crowd surfing and catching uh you know, a, a drumstick from one of your favorite bands that you've been waiting yeah. on. Decades, but it's still pretty close though. At least yeah. badass. I love going there. Yeah. We'll Lee's all have to get together next time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's uh, Lee. I don't know what what it is, but we always just end up at Applebee's, and we uh, we typically cause a scene. This this time it was pretty tame. We had to we had to make sure we had a good impression on Slim first time out. You know, at a place other than a racetrack. You know? Yeah, yeah. Felt, felt like a cute girl at the bar. Every every one of our friends, including Slim, he started it, came up and wanted to buy me a beer. I'm like, this is kind of nice, actually. I'm that is a good like, deal. But it's so what Brad mentioned that I had said on Thursday that we needed to get you on. This all goes back talking on 2012 i think dj shaw and i were running champ carts in atlantic city and we sat in front of you and your buddy in the driver's meeting and i have never laughed that hard in my life i don't remember what you said uh we, we were all kind of just poking fun at the salmons and their race procedures because it was kind of a joke but that that all started back then 11 years ago i was like i know this guy's a funny motherfucker so um that, that was, was the year the with steering wheel at them what's we that black we, that was the year I threw the steering wheel at them. So we came in, <laughs> I, I want to say it was Providence, and I clipped the left front on the tire and it broke the the uh, the, the brake line off. So we go in and we zip tie the brake line, or, or uh, what do you call it? Took, ch uh, not channel locks, but vice grips to the brake line. So we'd go back out and Samus was like, nope, you're not going back out. There's no way. So I took the steering wheel off and I threw it at him. <laughs> and Rob Willendy's like, are you kidding me reen like you're really gonna throw the steering wheel at the the head guy i was like well screw him you know i'm like we don't even use the left front brake anyways <laughs> yeah that's a good time how long did you run that tq for was that just like a one-year deal or did you run it for a while no we ran that uh i think we started in 2010 and that was like the radiator so we that's haskell dave haskell mm -hmm. and he was big into like the sprint car stuff so when we we started out the radiator's behind my head and like the, the rear percentage was like 92%. <laughs> and the first year, I think we were like, I want to say it was supposed to be is 795 pounds or something like that makes sense. Or 800 pounds with driver. We were like 910 to start. Right. <laughs> and we added 50 pounds of lead to the nose just to help it turn. And it made it night and day. So the next year we came back, Haskell reworked the whole car. I think that was 11, 11 that we started. And then 12 is when we redid it. And 13 and 14 is when I qualified second. Uh, maybe, yeah, it was 14 or 13. One of the two. We qualified second there at Atlantic City. But it's it was a, as you know, Atlantic City is a shit show. It's mm -hmm. all about luck. It depends on, you know, you're like counting like, okay, oh, perfect. I'm an odd number. And then you go forward. Then you're an even number and you go backwards. And then you get back to an even or an odd number and you go back forwards. It just depends where you end up. 
So, so uh, sticking with the TQ theme, though, it sounds like you have some uh, at least more experience than uh, my buddy Bob over here, and uh, he he uh, might be getting he might start dabbling in those. Uh, you have any advice for him? Uh, first time out there in a TQ? Yeah, all my friends break their necks in those things. So. I was gonna say, get a good neck neck restraint system. Payment <laughs> <laughs> seat. Yeah. Uh, I got I got some help. We can help you out. <laughs> that car's still alive, man. That, uh, yeah, we uh, we had we had Jeff Champagne on uh, after yeah. the Chili Bowl, um, yeah. and he he would before that he had told us all about it, and uh, he brought it to Atlantic City, and it showed severely how outdated it was. Because yeah, there's a new car he bought with it though. So Haskell built another chassis with that. It was much lower, much wider down, but you know, it's, the problem is all those is it's not even Dryden. It's uh, who who makes those Time or not Timex? Uh, Mark Laffler. Laffler, the Laffler cars, right? Yeah. Those things are just so far superior at this point that you can't not have one. That's right. the problem. Like back when we were doing it was fun. It was kind of like NASCAR, right? You could, you could make your own car, go out and run it. Now you can't because you have all these, you know, you have to have a charter and you have to have this. And like, that's what I miss about the old days where anyone can build you and I, the three of us could go, all right, we're going to buy a truck tomorrow. And we're going to go run it. You know, you, you can't really do that anymore and compete. Yeah, the TQ deal, it's like the laugh. Even now, the Laffler cars are starting to get outdated. And four or five years ago, like you said, you had to have one. Um, it's basically just build a mini super modified and, and but make it indestructible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mini super mod with tungsten parts. Yeah. Lightweight tungsten parts. So, so I'm assuming that your uh, your whole racing background didn't just start in the uh, the TQ days. Um, you know, what was the first thing you kind of got behind the wheel of? And uh, how, do, how do you get to, you know, where you're at today? So uh, my mom and dad actually both raced. So my dad ran, they were both in road racing. So my dad ran formula cars, like started off in uh, Formula Ford, then went to Super V, and then went all the way up to IndyCar. And my mom just did like showroom stock stuff, like uh, SCCA and your whatever car and ran that. So that's how they met at the racetrack. I was born, my dad stopped running. He, the, at that point, he had just made it to Indy. And 85, I was born finished that season and then went to modifieds for one year that's where i the love for modifieds came for me and then um i think i was four years old he got me a go-kart just a regular like ho-dunk you know go-kart you'd see anywhere 17 inches off the ground so i flipped it and my mom (laughs) you know none of that none of that so next thing you know we got a quarter midget and uh that was five years old and that was the end of the beginning or the beginning of the end if you will ran that for probably four or five years. And I just had this like urge. I had, I just didn't want to be in a car. I wanted to fly through the air on a dirt bike. And my dad fought me and fought me and it would not, I wouldn't give up. Finally, it was like, I want a dirt bike. He's like, if you want a dirt bike, then you got to go buy it. Like I'm not buying it for you. So I went, started mowing lawns for like three years, getting ready. And by the time I was like 13 or I finally had my first dirt bike, and uh, rode that for one year. And then my dad wanted to buy me a race bike because he realized I really want to run. And that's when I broke my leg. <laughs> so that I now know what he was talking about. Yeah. And then we kept racing and bought a 125. And it just shattered my ankle when I was running indoors and in arena cross. And uh, it's not if, it's when and how bad. But that thrill was forever. And, you know, as I think I was 18 by that point or 17. They said I would never walk again after that crash. So got a bunch of screws and plates in my ankle and wound up going back and uh, I could walk obviously, but running's tough and it's, you know, it's painful, but uh, that's when they say with age comes a cage. 
So my dad's like, all right, let's get him into shifter carts because it's still a dirt bike motor and I'll keep him in the theme of it. And we started running shifter carts. And if you guys ever get a chance, go do it. It is still to this day, the most fun car I've driven, like more than a tour car, more than the Arca cars, more than all it's nuts. They're insane. Um, then went from that. And I still didn't like, you know, when you have that like go-kart, like it's fun, but you don't feel like it's a real cool piece. Like it's a go-kart. Yeah. So my dad finally, when SK Lights came out in 06, they bought, do you remember uh, Steve Schwansky? So Donnie Leo was driving the car. It was the 47 Whisk car, and it was at Stafford. And it was, I think they had just crashed two weeks prior. They destroyed a car to the point where they had to build a new one. So they got a brand new car from CD. They built it. The next race, Donnie got into a fight with someone and got thrown out for the rest of the year. <laughs> that was 05. So my dad bought the car at the end of, or at the beginning of 06, because they were parked. They weren't going to run anymore. We bought the whole team minus motor. So it was trailer, pit cart, transmission, rear ends, spares, bodies, everything. And that was my 21st birthday. So the deal was, here's the car, but you're not allowed to run it until you stripped it completely down to nothing and rebuilt it. And that way, you know how everything works which was basically to deal with everything I always raced. You're not allowed to race it until you know exactly how it goes together, which I'm thankful for because half these people think I'm just like, you know, show up and drive. They didn't realize that Friday I was doing all my tires by myself, mm. you know, as you guys know. Um, did that for the rest of the, I think by the time I finally got it done, it was like September, August. It was end of August by the time I, it was June when I got the car. So by the time I'd taken it all the way apart, learned it, put it back together, we got the crate motor, which back then they were $2,600. Wow. Yeah. Go to sh like central Chevrolet, buy the motor, plop it in, change the oil pan and race it. That was it. There was no opening it up back then. You couldn't rebuild them. You couldn't, it was, you blow it up, you send, you throw it out and get another one for 2,600 bucks. Hmm. And then anyone's motor you wanted, you put up $500 and you would, I want Bobby's motor, which kept everyone honest, right? So now you're not going to spend whatever thousand bucks or two thousand or whatever on anything inside because anyone can take it any night in tech for five hundred dollars which was pretty cool i thought yeah that's that's pretty wild I've, i never even heard of that actually yeah so that was the first year and then in 07 we ran a full season at sk lights we almost won a championship um and then in 08 we kind of were like going back and forth with my family like do you want to go sk or do we want to go problem with sk is it's fair as you know and i know it's very aggressive like there's no give and take there's no learning it's just smashing the guy in front of you and move on so at that point we said let's go to the tour other than initial cost it really wasn't that much different because there was no tire rolls back then so people were buying four tires every night you know so we wound up going to the tour pep boys was a huge sponsor of mine back then before they <laughs> before they filed for bankruptcy uh they helped us out a ton so the initial cost wasn't huge for us because Pep Boys jumped in, but um, we wound up going tour racing and 08, we won the rookie of the year. And then that was basically it. We just stayed in modifieds ever since. It's a pretty, pretty wild story. It's actually like such deja vu. I feel like everyone that we've had come on here and just talked about the thrill that they were chasing and then going to, you know, do dirt bike stuff. It always just ends catastrophically. And then the, with the age comes a cage thing, just comes around. Yeah. It's just, it I, like I don't know if it helps or, or hurts, right? Because um, with dirt bikes, it's great because you're taught to look way ahead where you want the car or the bike to go, you look. But at the same time, like now when you crash, it's like, oh, this is going to suck to fix. Versus on the bike, you're like, oh, this is going to hurt. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if that's good or bad. 
Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think in the long run, it's probably, uh, it's probably good, <laughs> you know, to have that cage, have that safety and not have to worry oh, yeah. about pins and needles and the, the plates and stuff and being able to walk, you know? Um, yeah, I, I, I can't even imagine. And, and honestly, it's pretty cool to hear your story, but it's kind of started with uh, mowing lawns. Cause I, people that know like my really quick hiatus or uh, racing, you know, just, I guess, career, uh, I'm on like a, a 10 year hiatus now, but um i uh i just went to beatridge as a kid and you know i just go sit by myself in the stands and i loved it and i was like i just want to do four cylinder shit boxes like you know yeah. just whatever i can get in the cheapest possible and i was mowing lawns and i mowed lawns from like you know i think it was probably two summers and i was working at a movie theater downtown in, in uh windham windham maine and i just saved up money bought a truck had no idea what i was doing if i would have wrecked it i would have had no idea how to fix it and i just putted around out there like rick Warecard. he ran he ran the thing for two years and then they had like a big open show at the end of the year like for for the when he raced they like had driver restrictions but at the end of the year there's no restrictions so i texted him I was like, hey let me run your truck this weekend he's like okay we were there for like a 300 lap late model race but they were having all the shit boxes the night before and i jump in this thing and i run the first practice i go brad do you know you're down a cylinder he's like no, I had no idea. Oh no! He ran this thing on three cylinders for the whole, the whole time. <laughs> yeah, I, I just knew I was underpowered, but like it was, it was funny. There was like twelve trucks in our division, and I would always just slot into fourth, and like I would finish fourth or fifth typically. Um, and I was just one of those guys where everyone else, you know, would go home and just work on their shit all week, and you know, come back. And I was like, I'll never beat these guys, but I'm just happy to be out here, like having fun. Yeah. I just don't want to wreck the thing. And so I would just go out there, finish fourth. And then uh, it, I actually ended up selling it after Bobby ran it. Cause I moved, moved out, out of state. Yeah. I would have loved to have known what it would have been like if I had all. Four 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 <laughs> <laughs> what so, was it? Just a plug or a wire? I don't know. We, we fucked with it. I, I tried to put, we put different plugs in it, plug wires, took the distributor. out. I would never figured it out, but uh, yeah. I, ended up, I ended up uh, just smashing into a bunch of people and drove from like 21st to fifth. And I was like, cool. Call it a fucking career. Yeah. <laughs> he, he got me a $50 check and he mailed it to me in Pennsylvania. It was awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Making, making money racing one week at a time. But so you had, you, know. you said you ran the tour. Um, I vaguely, vaguely remember this. I think it was either an icebreaker or a world series that you won though. So talk, talk about that race. Cause that was probably your first win on the tour. Yeah, that was the world series. So I was four years, eight, nine, 10 LS the fourth year in. And uh, so 08 and 09, we ran full season. Pep Boys in oh, end of 09, early 2010, put in their, basically their their financial, they were going bankrupt. So we had no help anymore. So in 10, I only ran like six or seven races maybe. And then in 11, that was like, I think I only ran four. And that was it. Like I had used up the motors. I didn't have any money to rebuild them. And that was the end of it um so i remember stafford we had a third place running the 11 was my first year in an sk i picked up a ride as as an sk for donnie silverman in the 21 sk and that helped me a lot because it was just every week you were racing with the tour the tough part i went from sk lights where every week you're racing and you're learning something every week to every three weeks you might be running a tour race yeah it's 150 laps but the next one's two weeks away or three weeks away you've not forgotten but it's not something you get to work on every week so by the time the sk came around it really helped because it was every single week okay i remember that last week i didn't work i'm gonna try this instead and it would you know help craft it well in 11 in the tour race is when we were running third at stafford and i got wrecked with like i don't know five to go or something like that and i thought like this was the one we're finally gonna have a top five finish you know it was gonna be a good one or a top three finish we had one top five at that point but 
Um, and I was like, I'm done. I didn't want to go to, to Thompson. It was like 1,680 laps or 90 laps on the motor. It was a lot. And my uncle Ralph was like, what do you got to lose? He's like, just put the other gear in it. Let's go to Thompson and, you know, we'll have some fun. So he finally talks me into it. We change the rear gear. We go out. It was uh, a bag of shit. Literally, if there was if there was 27 cars there, we were 27 fastest. Like I was, I was slower than Wade Cole and everybody. It was, it was horrible. So I remember my crew chief, Brian Ross at the time, um, who is now, you know, Brian Ross, right? He's on the truck team there. So he, we threw everything at it. Basically like what we did here at Stafford last week, we threw everything at it, changed link angles, changed, you name it. We changed it, started 26th, went out and Rob Willendy was like, all right, we're going to short pit and we're going to, this is all you got like once the leaders pit you better run like hell boy and that's what we did and it, it worked <laughs> sounds so like the three green white checkers in a row that was like the clutch was slipping i didn't know how much gas was left i mean it was it was i mean that was everything was stacked against me no brakes i had to tap the pedal every time going on the front stretch and the back stretch because the pedal was gone and the the restarts when you hit the throttle and like as soon as you touch it it had to roll into it because it would slip the clutch so i had to get pushed to victory lane because the clutch blew like that's how bad i mean we were one more restart we were done it was not making it yeah uh, that sounds like quite an adventure especially short pitting and then i i would, would have just expected the race went green and then you kind of just ran and like you said but those three green white checkers must have been hell <laughs> i wish i i wish it went green it did not <laughs> it was so i'll have to send you the link it's on youtube if you type in 2011 thompson world series someone has it was that the year it snowed 20 the beginning of that year it was like yes you know it, i believe it was 2011 or yeah i think it was 2011 and it was like two feet of snow you know that was when i believe rowan's throttle stuck with his brand new cd car yeah. and he stuffed it in the fence in terminal three i think poor guy i thought he was dead can imagine why he retired at an early age yeah Probably he's doing good. good he's doing good yeah him and i kind of became buddies <clears throat> we'd met at a charity go-kart race and always kind of stayed in touch and then when he came to beechridge with the mrs deal uh he parked right next to me and then i haven't seen him in like 10 years so <laughs> he's flipping houses now he's doing good time smarter than the rest of us way smarter yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm over here trying to do side jobs trying to figure out how i'm gonna go race my miata this weekend and he's flipping houses not not spending money on race cars I was going to say, yeah, he's definitely a lot smarter than all of us if he's out there stepping houses because that's uh, – Yeah, yeah. he's making money, we're spending it. Yeah, it's probably a pretty good time to be doing that. But in, in your uh, your talk about Thompson, you you did mention that you threw everything at uh, the car this weekend at Stafford. We let off by saying that you uh, you had won last Friday night, obviously. So talk us through, uh, you know, just that. And uh, I'd actually read a Race Day CT article that you had, you know, taken a couple-year hiatus and that this was kind of your, your, your next time back, I guess. So – um, talk to talk to that as well. Yeah. So to, we'll start out for the, the car we ran last week or two weeks ago at the the Sizzler. And um, basically the setup we were starting with was more of like my SK stuff, kind of more conventional. But again, I forgot it's been since 2014 that I've driven a tour car. So I'm used to 400 and something horse versus 600. So totally different. <laughs> to relearn that. When you touch the throttle pedal, that thing likes to go. And uh, so we struggled a lot all weekend. We're super loose, super loose all weekend. So we pretty much changed everything with the number on the car and came back and just did everything we could to tighten the car up. And uh, it definitely worked as you could tell, but 
took two years off. So 2020 came and obviously the whole hell broke loose. And um, we just decided like by the time we started racing it was like June, we ran June, July and we weren't having fun. It was miserable. Um, and, and at that point, our Dan's crew chief, Scotty, I don't know if you've heard the story. He was diagnosed with bone cancer first and then found out he had ALS on top of that. So the poor guy was given like six months to live. So it was a real rough time. Dan was not doing well with it. We weren't doing well with it. And um, none of us were having fun. So we kind of just said, screw it. We'll stop. So we stopped as an agreement, like not like anyone's mad. We're just going to, we're just going to call it for now. Early 21, Scotty was so bad. He couldn't, he couldn't leave his house. So he had to do everything on race monitor. And it was tough. Cause like we'd get to the track and he was your right hand man. Like I would do this and unload. And I knew he was going to get the car out, get it warmed up, sit, check the timing, like just all these things that now we have to do on top of what we normally are doing. Um, and his, attitude at the track was just so much fun like you know it was just a, he, you love the guy no matter what and uh, it, it kind of tore on Dan and I and we ran one race in 21 at Monadnock as an open mod and we got wrecked on lap six like everyone's like going into three everyone checked up I stopped I got hit from the guy behind me and blew the radiator out on lap six and that was Dan was like we had just spent a ton of money going there we had all brand new tires ready to go and we get knocked on lap six. And that was kind of like his, that was it. And I agreed with him. Like Dan, this is, we're, we're trying too hard. We're not having any fun. So I took the rest of that whole entire year off and did nothing like no racing at all. And then last year I did a lot of road racing. I picked up a job at Monticello motor club park. It's a private uh, country club type course in New York doing driver coaching. And I've started having a lot of fun doing road race stuff. So over the wintertime, Dan's like, that's it. We're going to have some fun again this year. But the whole year is focused on just fun. No, like, I don't want you in a points race. I don't want you in a, in a series. I just want to like pick races and go. And I was like, well, why not just go do the open races? There's no points. It's just five races and we, and they're not back to back and we'll go have a good time. And that's basically what we did. And thanks to Keith. So now Keith's our teammate, right? So he's Dan, he's running Dan's 22 SK. Um, so Keith offered, cause at that point we didn't have a car anymore. And I, my motors, by the time we got them done, it was going to be the halfway through the season. Cause by the time we made the decision to get pistons and stuff for a, a tour type motor is, you know, I called Bruno and he was like, yeah, you'd be lucky if you get that thing for July. So it was kind of like, all right, well, Keith said he has a car and he has the motor. So we're just basically using his car, which is perfect. Um, the pettit power was was killer <laughs> it was not lacking power at all um it was lacking a driver if anything because i was trying to figure out how how to use it you keep you keep wanting to touch the throttle and then just spins the tire so it's a totally different driving style different line different everything it was i had to relearn everything yeah i, I think uh you're definitely selling yourself short it certainly didn't need a different driver anytime you go to <laughs> for an open race in the last you know 365 days at least and you beat woody uh obviously we can't we can't sell our buddy teddy short but uh, anytime you go there and you you out outlast woody that's uh that's pretty impressive yeah i was i when we had the restart we just took tires we took the restart and they were asking me like what do you want and i was like nothing leave the car alone like it's perfect don't touch it so we we took the tire and we go to go green and again so used to sks i'm like i'm gonna drag this nice and slow and then you know i'm gonna I'm the asshole that spins the tires. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm going to get them. 
end yeah. up just clamping it and spinning the shit out of the tires and look like a complete idiot. So then I had some work cut out, but Woody was next to me at that point. And that's when I was like, Oh boy, we're going to have my work cut out for me. And, uh, I think I, I pounced quickly because his car was a little tight because he had, I'm guessing he had just taken rears and, uh, my car fired off a little bit better than his. And thankfully I could get a, a run on it. And then that was it. Yeah, I mean, obviously you go out there, you pick up a win, and, and uh, you you kind of said that you weren't having fun a couple of years ago, and that you go to Manadnock, and then I can only imagine not having fun, you know, going through, um, you know, watching someone battle like that, and then just going to a racetrack where you're already kind of down, and then lap yeah. six getting taken out. Oh. Like this, this seems like you're having a little bit more fun, you know, being in victory lane, the the first open race of the year. Even the Sizzler, I mean, we had fun. I mean, we, you know, and and this is why I like like it's the stress is gone. Like every time you go there, even though you're not going to run for a championship, you're trying to run for a championship, right? So then the stress gets to you. And next thing you know, you're four races in and you're pulling your hair out. And you, so that's why I like this series. It's five races and there's no points. So, I mean, even though we finished 15th in the first race, we still got in. We didn't have to go to LCQ. Granted, you know, yes, we put ourselves in a position, but we still had a lot of luck. Like I was 12th with five to go and two cars dropped out because they ran out of fuel. Like, yes, we got lucky, but we still put ourselves 12th before that. But um, we had some luck on our side, but I told them, I'm like, we're just going to have fun. If we make it in, we make it in. If we don't, we don't. And I don't know if you guys listen to Cassie's podcast, the track talks and tequila. I basically told her the same thing. I'm like, I don't, this year is for me. It's not for anybody else. I'm there to have a good time. If we finish 15th, awesome. We're going to go home and have a lot of beers. Maybe meet you at Applebee's. If we win, we're going to still meet you at Applebee's. We're just going to drink a lot more. Yeah. So Certainly it's been a lot more fun. Definitely that's relatable for me too. I went through some shit, had to go basically sought therapy because I was, I was a basket case at every race, always pissed off, always mad. And in the last probably year and a half, I've had more success and way more fun than I've ever had. So certainly the men, the mental aspect goes hand in hand. I feel like with your success on the racetrack. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And there's a there's a book I read. It's called See You at the Top by Zig Ziglar. And he says, you know, you want to do a neck a checkup from the neck up. So you basically got to look at yourself in the mirror and go, you know, what am I doing here? And that's basically what I did. I'm like, I need time off. So as soon as you take the time off and get right with yourself and come back, I mean, you know, you just said it. The success shows up by itself. And then here I am. I haven't been in a car in two years. I literally was second guessing myself at the Sizzler. No bullshit. You can ask my girlfriend. She was here. And I was like, I don't know if I have it anymore. I'm like, I, I honestly, maybe I need to just give up. Cause I, I mean, the car set up by Keith, I'm assuming you know, it just wasn't to my driving style. And I, I also had to relearn a little bit of, yes, every time you leave the corner, you want to grab as much throttle as you can, but then you're sideways. So you can't grab that much. And it was just a relearning thing, but to win my second race out after not being in a car for all other than that six laps, it was almost two and a half years. So I was like, thanking god left and right that i still had the ability because i i second guessed myself during the sizzler that you know maybe i should hang this up maybe i don't have it anymore yeah well that that win shirt uh, certainly should be a validation but you, you mentioned i think it was actually before we clicked record on this but you're you're going to be driving a miata at watkins Glen this weekend and i, I actually was uh, scrolling through your facebook page i believe i saw you at daytona as well talk about a little bit of the road racing you've been doing so it's a lot of fun dude i'm telling you, you guys gotta <sighs> People laugh. It's yes, it's a Miata and it's super gay looking, but whatever. It's a great time. <laughs> I bought that car off of a guy for five grand. It was a race car, but it, it needed like it was a wrap, right? Like it needed everything. So I did. I built a uh, refresh in the motor, 
the training was the only thing I didn't touch and go figure that's the one thing we broke at Daytona, but it only had one race on it. So I thought it was okay, but I should have known better. Rebuilt the rear end calipers, wheel bearings, the whole car I had stripped down, painted it, put it, you know, put it all back together, new seat, harnesses, everything. And uh, it's a 14 hour endurance race. And, and you start at what is it? 9 a.m. We went to 11 p.m. And it's I get out, you get in. You get out, he gets in. He gets out, they get it. Like it just nonstop. And it's so much fun. And uh, it's two hour drive time. You come in, you pit. It's the you ever heard of Champ Car Endurance Series? So it's, it's, uh, I think I bought the car for five grand. I probably had eight into it. So I'm into it for, you know, whatever, 13, somewhere in that range, realistically. Um, by the time you buy tires and we travel down there and you ran the whole car and right now they're out in the garage and they're going to change the oil. They're going to change the, the rear diff fluid and they're going to bleed the brakes. And then we're going to run it again. We ran Daytona 14 hours straight, adding gasoline and that's it. We didn't change tires. We didn't change brake pads. You didn't change nothing. We didn't add oil. <laughs> like it's awesome. So it's, well, not like as, it's not like asphalt short track racing where you're firing in four tires on it every 20 minutes. <laughs> right. And it didn't lose time. Like my fastest lap of the race was uh it was probably like 10 o'clock at night. Granted, the track probably cooled down, but you know what I mean? Like the tires are still capable of repeating a lap that you ran at, you know, eleven a.m. Well that was yeah. <laughs> And it was awesome. Like to run 9 a.m. Like we showed up at the track. It was like 7 a.m. And it's just starting. The sun's coming up. I'll have to, when we get together, I'll show you guys a lot of the pictures. But, and then you're racing into the night. Like all of a sudden it goes dusk, turn your lights on. And then you're racing Daytona at night. Like it was awesome. So we're going to Watkins this weekend. Um, it's a two day event. So they, they can't run at night because they get in trouble from the town, but it goes uh, seven hours on Saturday shut down, everyone parties, starts up the next morning, start racing at 9 a.m., and then seven hours, shut down and party. And then it's Memorial Day, so we'll we'll stay there Memorial Day and get a little banged up. Sounds like our kind of weekend, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> you guys should come on out, man. We got we got spare rooms in a hotel. Well, uh, when you were saying that you had the 14-hour uh, endurance race and you just swapped the drivers and stuff like that, I was actually thinking about I'm actually uh, in – precisely 10 hours i'm uh, actually getting in a car and driving 14 hours to north carolina for the weekend uh nice seven days so yeah my girlfriend and i will be uh, doing a little driver swap here and there but uh it's not gonna there be nothing as fun as going around daytona i don't think and uh i believe bob has to uh race a 350 supermodel. yeah i'm going i'm going to waterford on saturday but it's probably going to be like a 14 minute race not a 14 hour yeah well with the supermodel what you flying around that place yeah i only run like 12 fives with it it's kind of slow only <laughs> yeah one guy asked me to run a super mod once and i was like i choose life i'm, I'm all set thanks oh come on They're you not guys bad. you guys have way bigger balls than i do <laughs> just don't, you just can't crash that's all and yeah the 350s you they race like street stocks anyway you just build it's like the tour mods or the sks you just build the nerf bars wider and wider and wider and yeah smash yep. people out of the way so it's probably not smart you guys that that, that 18 inch rear on that thing right 18 inch right rear yeah, on the big block cars, um, which is pretty rad because you wear out like the inner three inches of it and the thing's junk anyway. So it's like, why do we have this big tire? <laughs> or the stagger, rather. Yeah, I run my crate car. I run just as much. I run six inches of stagger everywhere we go. Probably five, five and a half with the big block. Yes. Yeah, you really kill the rear tires if you had, you know, six inches of stagger on a big block car. But Oh, yeah. That smoke that thing. 
that's got to be nuts to drive that. What's the power to weight? Those are like 900 horse. Yeah, my big one car's got 900 and it weighs 2,000 with the driver. Um, then the crate it's almost like my Miata. That thing's like 2,100 pounds and has 150 horse. <laughs> <laughs> Same race car, really. Identical. <laughs> I'll put a sweet wing on this thing. You'll feel right at home. It'll, it'll slow it down too much. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's at Daytona. Everyone's got these wings and I'm laughing. I'm like, I'm putting no wing on this thing. I don't want a wing. Right. Sure enough, we're driving by these guys. They didn't, and they don't get it, right? Like, a lot of these guys are just gentlemen racers. They have no idea what drafting is. So, like, I'll pull up behind a Mustang, and they'll drag me down the super stretch, and then I'll pull out and pass them going to the bus stop, and then they'll kill you getting out of the bus stop, and you pull back behind them, and you draft them all the way down the trial, and you blow by them in one, and they they're like, he gets out, he's like, that's the most fun I've ever had in a race car. That was what's in that thing, and I'm like. Uh, 150 horse, but you have a massive wing on the back of the thing, and you're punching a huge hole. So thank you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I can uh, I can tell just by uh, the uh, the stories and and uh, what you've been talking about with these Miatas that this must be the uh, the most fun you've ever had in a race car. They really so it all started in 2018 or 19. Someone's like, hey, we had a driver that, that rented a car and his buddy can't go. We need a driver. So. I was like, what is it? And he's like, that's a Miata. I'm like, no, not happening. I'm not going. It sounds so stupid. He's like, come on, just come. He's like, I need you to, just, it's free. Just show up. It was at Thompson. I'm like, whatever. It's an hour away. We'll go. And it's actually the same car I bought. I raced this car and then bought it three years later. And I couldn't stop talking about it. I'm like, I had more fun in that car. And that's why I bought it. So like my spotter, Rob's running with us. Dan Avery's running with us this weekend. And my buddy, Tom. So it's just like, who wants to run next? We'll just split the cost of the weekend and we'll go play. And that's all we do now. So like, I want to run the 24 hours at VIR, but I got to find more people who want to do it. But I still think it'll be sick. Like Max Pappas wants to run it with us. So it's going to be me, Max, and two of my friends. And then we got to get two more. So maybe you guys come. I don't know that you want me behind the wheel of a race car, but our, our other co-host, Charlie, uh, has a lot more experience with that. Yeah. Here. Just raise his hand behind the uh, behind the scenes. He uh, he had a busy weekend. Uh, for the, the listeners that are wondering why Charlie isn't the one that's uh, leading this whole interview, he uh, we went out to the local go kart track. Him and I, um, and then they they even are uh, so gracious enough to give Charlie the hot mic now twice. Uh, and he announces it Lee. So he had a big weekend of using his vocal cords and uh, woke up unable to talk. So ah, uh, poor guy. Yeah, but uh, chance the chance to drive a race car got his attention real quick. Yeah. yeah, we'll set something up. And I, uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to brag, but I am a, a 2010 main state semi-pro legend car road racing champion. There uh, you go. I ran one race at Loudon and beat one other kid, um, and got the championship. So I've really, really worked hard. I got, you know, I'm you're hired. I'm pretty much ready for formula one. I think is what you're I'm hired. Saying. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's, he's actually got less horsepower, so you'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> he's basically Boris said is what I just heard. <laughs> uh, I love it. Love it. It's funny you say you're going to North Carolina. So I used to live there. So in 06 or 07, I moved to North Carolina, started working for Michael Waltrips, and I would drive home every Thursday night after work at 7 p.m., drive 12 hours straight through the night to my mom's house, crash in the morning by like 8 a.m., wake up at noon, go to Stafford, race SK lights, turn around, go back to my mom's, sleep for a couple hours, wake up at 1 a.m., drive straight through to 1 p.m. on Sunday, sleep or Saturday rather sleep and then work sunday through thursday you're, you're single-handedly making me feel like a bitch for being like i gotta get home early tonight i gotta get a good night's sleep i'm, I'm a little nervous to drive the 14 hours it's it's well, I know it's, it's also 21 nothing. it's a little different <laughs> yeah 
Yeah. I mean, I've, I don't know why I'm even worried about it, but I was like, yeah, I think I got to get up at like five. And it's just like, I don't really want to get up that early, like maybe six. And I'm just like in my head thinking about it. Like I didn't, the last time I took a super long road trip was like 2020 and I went to the Daytona 500 and I drove straight back through the night and it was like, so it's like, yeah, you'll be fine. Yeah. It's not a big deal, but uh, that definitely, um, when you just said that you're going to be driving or you did all that driving in like one weekend with very little stuff. Every weekend. You know what the worst was? When you drive all the way home and it got rained out. Yeah. <laughs> that was the best. You're like, all right, someone shoot me. Yeah. <laughs> That's a tough one. I've always said that they should, uh, instead of, I don't know that it is necessarily, <laughs> or there's a, there's a good business with it, but uh, I've always said that they should do Uber, but you just rent the actual driver so you can have someone drive you across the country. And then they just- There you go. Yeah. yeah. That's our new company. What are we going to call it? Uh, Goober. <laughs> mm. I don't know. I don't know. I like that. I'm not, uh, I'm not creative. I only, I only loosely came up with the podcast name. I I'll tell you, that's the best podcast name that you would name it after me is perfect. The <laughs> King of black flags. I actually got, look at this. My little buddy that I sponsor and the S the, the quarter midgets. He gave me this. Yeah. An actual black flag. for those that yep. Are- yep. He gave that to me. Well, well, and and for the people that are just listening as well, uh, when uh, we did line up, you get it, uh, coming on the show after you you picked up the win. Uh, your buddy Slim uh, even said that you wanted to buy a hat as well, so thank you for that. And he's obviously Instagram. we got a rock one on the Miata, and then the other one will be on the open car. Wow, you should have had Slim just give me or uh, have have me give him four of them. I had a bunch of them in my pocket, but that's uh, all right. We get we'll get some more. Actually, we might we might be down to the Stafford area by the the next open uh, eighty or whatever. So maybe the June sixteenth. Oh, thank you. yeah, we won't be at that one. We'll be at the one in July, though. I think July seventh. Yeah. yeah, you guys need a place to crash. You're more than welcome to crash here. Hey, well, we might, we might, we always. Uh, I, I actually... lots of beer. Open, open place. Come on by. Yeah, yeah. That my buddy's got a go kart track in his backyard with extra carts. Oh Jesus! Okay, Dirt so track. Now... Really, oh, yeah. arms here. Yeah. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. We, we get rowdy. Well, I was gonna say, I, I actually, uh, I left go karts uh last friday when we did um or two fridays ago now i guess when we announced and uh left and just drove straight to stafford three hours and i was supposed to stay at sean foster's house and uh i talked to him all day thursday lined it up was like hey i'll let you know before i leave or uh when i get to go-karts you know when i'm gonna leave whatever so i text him throughout the day friday no response text him after go-karts no response text him the whole way down no response just went to stafford and crashed in my truck (laughs) shit i wish i knew yeah i know it's it's uh it's always it's always an adventure. And I did just finance a camper last year, but unfortunately now I'm uh, living in it for the summer. So I didn't really feel like I should tow that with uh, everything already set up. So, yeah. So are you up in Maine? That's where you guys are. Yep. We go up snowmobiling all the time up there. Yeah. We'll to... Go, up to, go up to potato land way up North, huh? Well, we normally go to either what's it, piston farms. Yeah. And then we go like Michael Sullivan. Uh, he's got a house on long Lake up at Fort Kent area. So we go up there. But everyone said there's a lot of stuff in between there that I should check out. I've never been to. Yeah, you pretty much have Portland and then a bunch of nothing and then Bangor and then a lot of nothing and then where you were riding snowmobiles. So Yeah. <laughs> we try to go to Vermont when there is snow because it's only an hour for me. Like we'll go like so John Dowd rides with us pretty much every weekend. Do you remember him? Your guys probably too young. Yeah. So he was a factory Yamaha motocross. So when Jeremy McGrath, he was like, so his teammate was Carmichael when he was with Kawasaki um so he's he's fun as hell to ride snowmobiles with probably pretty good at it huh he he's pretty good (laughs) 
He is pretty good. Yeah, we got the we got the hardware right here. Oh yeah. Oh, there you go. That's neat. That's yeah. cool. It was. It was. I don't know how they want me to hang it though. Like, there's no. Like, there's nothing to like. I don't know what to do with it. I'm gonna have to call them. Yeah. Yeah, you're gonna have to get some fasteners attached to the back of that thing. But I was I was going through like the notes and just like trying to find a photo for the show post. And I was like, it's so weird to me. I know that there's probably more on the schedule that are like it, but I'm so used to just hearing like the Bud Light open 80 or like I think the gaff, whatever it is, 80. And yeah. like this one being 81, I knew I was I was like, I'm gonna start this off and immediately fuck it up. <laughs> <laughs> What's hilarious to me is Avery owns an excavation company, right? Avery Construction. And then I'm like, damn, we won the call before you dig. I'm like, how often do you call them? He's like, shit, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. <laughs> Never do. Yeah. yeah. I was just glad we didn't win the Bud Light Open 80 because I wouldn't be able to drink that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Woody's the perfect one for that. And I think he ended up wearing everything. That he yeah, had he smashed them. Like he, he, he had the Twisted T one, didn't he? Oh, or was no, it that one? I forgot which one. Yeah. He won a one of the first Twisted T ones, I think, but he won the Bud Light one last year. Okay, that's right. That's the T one he won, and that's because he gave me a case, and I was all pumped. Like, yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah, he was pissed last year that it wasn't Twisted T. And right. You're like, do I get choice? Can I choose the other one? It didn't stop him. He proceeded to just chug the Bud Lights, so. Yeah. yeah. He did the whole Stone Cold, and I think he, like, spit some out. It was it was a whole celebration that he had going on, so hopefully – uh Hopefully you're the one that ends up having to recreate that this year. Uh, I don't know that you're going to be able to one-up Woody. He did a whole wrestling pose and stuff uh, in victory lane. Uh, but uh, that that seems what, – what's the next one? Is it the gaff roofing thing? I, I was, like, looking at the Stafford schedule trying to get to an open 80 this year. There's just so much fun to watch. Yeah, I don't know what the next one is. Speaking uh, of wrestling, Woody, Woody decided to get me a wrestling T-shirt. That's where that came from, the wreck yeah. everyone leave, was yep. some wrestling shirt that he wound up buying me. And uh, I don't know what wrestler wears it, but that's that's where that whole shirt came from. I would have I would have bet so much money that that was a racing shirt. I no. didn't, I never once thought that would have been a wrestling thing. It's some wrestling guy because he texted me a picture of it. He's like, "I just bought you the perfect T-shirt," and I was like, "Oh God!" <laughs> he, yeah, that's where that came from. Some wrestler. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> and uh, and then just you know, have, have you worn that since a couple of years ago? Well, thankfully, he bought it for me in microfiber, so it's a great rag. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wipes the car real nice. I have a couple of those shirts. They, uh, they, they, they definitely do. Uh, right. That's why I get all the Glen Rain shirts made out of microfiber, so people can really use them. <laughs> uh, for what it's worth, our producer in the back here. Uh, it's a Roman Reigns T-shirt. Roman Reigns. There you go. Yeah. The only wrestler I really knew back in the day was like the Undertaker and the what's the guy that was the Rainbow Warrior? What was his name? Jeff Gordon. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> the other guy there. Uh, I forgot his name. He's got like all the rainbow stuff on him. Woody would know. Yeah, Woody. Woody definitely is screaming at his. He's car. got the action figures. Yeah, he's yelling right now. Yeah, I I just knew. I, I don't know if. Uh, producer in the back says ultimate warrior ultimate warrior see <laughs> i was just gonna go ray mysterio for fi my final answer but i knew that that was wrong because he was just <laughs> colors but and i just remember scotty too hotty because he is from maine yes oh my god that brings back some memories yeah yeah i definitely skipped out on a recess a couple times my action figures uh I think yep. I, it was raining but i'm gonna make myself myself sound a little bit more like a loser and just uh, that's all right I didn't have any friends out in the playground, so I just sat there with me and uh, you know Ray Mysterio and and Bobby Lashley and John Cena, just you know going at it. <laughs> What's that one with John Cena when he's like he's prank calling the guy? 
and the John Cena comes on and the music and the guy hangs up and he calls back again and he's like talking to him. You ever heard that? I don't uh, think so. I, oh got, I, think, I think Charlie Charlie is uh, cracking up in the background. So Charlie is definitely. Yeah. <laughs> you got to listen. Tell There's Charlie no, to set that up. You will die laughing. There's no sound coming out of Charlie's mouth, but his head is bobbing back and forth. So I can tell it's funny. <laughs> it looks like he's laughing. Yeah. <laughs> Poor guy. Uh, oh, so, you, so you said basically your plan this year is to run the open 80s at Stafford for the rest of the year. You guys going to do anything else, go to Thompson or anything, or just strictly nope. open 80s? No, just the Stafford with open 80s. It's close to home. We can have some fun. Um, and then just the Miata stuff. And then, you know, if anything else opens up, it's funny. I did get some calls after this win that people want to do some stuff. So we'll see. Um, I, I had an offer from my the, the late model, my owner, Rob Russell. He wants to run a couple of late model shows with me in the 31, but we got to figure everything out, but that's a possibility. But again, I don't want to fill up. I don't want to say I don't want to turn down a ride, but I'm not looking to go fill up a schedule to, I want to go have fun. I want to go put ourselves in contention to win races and have a good time doing it. Uh, you know, but if we don't do it, it's not like you're, you're pissed off that you, you, you finished fifth. You know what I mean? And you, you took yourself out of a championship or whatever. Like, I just want to have a good time. And well, as long as the group, like, as you guys know, it's hard. We have a core group that we threw together for this open stuff. Everyone's vibing. Everyone's laughing. We're having a blast. Slim has never been over the wall to do a pit stop. He's the one that jacked the car the last two times, and he's done a phenomenal job. You know, and do you know Tyler Leary? He runs the one SK. So we run snowmobiles with him all winter. Like, we're best friends. And I last, he gets out of his car. I'm like, hey, you want to carry a tire tonight? He's like, uh, yeah, what, what do you need? And I'm like, let's go. I mean, he it wasn't even out of his fire suit yet. M Matt Vassar, I'm like, dude, we need you. You know, like we threw together that team right after the SK race. It was hilarious. Uh, and, you know, and then we beat some of the big guys off pit road. I mean, it's just when people are vibing and they're having a good time, they they perform. When the stress is through the roof, they don't they don't perform. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely all about the group that you have behind you, and uh, definitely makes it a lot more fun. And if if you're going for the fun, that's that's uh, definitely one of the first steps that you're going to need is a good group. Yeah, yeah, that's what Carl is telling me, man. Carl Edwards always says that the second it's not fun, you got to get out. Yeah. It'll eat you alive. Why did he stop racing NASCAR? <laughs> so I can't tell you. He has <laughs> told me. Uh, it's there's personal things he's got, but um, he misses it. I didn't I, expect I, you to actually answer, but I wouldn't. I, and I waited for you to bring it up because you had mentioned before we were recording that you were, were your friends with Carl. But uh, I, yeah. I, like I had to ask, you know. Yeah, he actually, like I said, he called me right before your show. It was pretty nuts. The uh, did you tell him to, that he could come on too? You know, <laughs> again, there's the where is it? Carl Edwards. Can't zoom in on the number. I offered him Daytona. I was like, you know, do you want to go? Um, brought a Miata at Daytona, and he was like, "Well, this sounds very interesting. When's the first test?" And I'm like, "Well, the funny part is there's no there's no practice. It's just <laughs> yeah. like there's no like oh let's see what it is. They're like, good luck. Yeah, <laughs> that's actually one of the funniest parts. So we're all sitting in a room. They have what's called new to champ car, which is like a rookie meeting, if you will. We're sitting there. It's me, Avery, Tom, and my spotter Rob. And uh, the guy says to us that the lead the lead guy goes, so. Uh, what uh has anyone in here ever not had any actual wheel-to-wheel -wheel racing experience and you just look around the room there's like 40 people that are just like this <laughs> and i look at dan i'm like we are fucked 
<laughs> we're at Daytona and these guys have never been in the wheel behind the wheel of a race car. And yeah. it showed we started no practice, go into turn one. And it's it's cool how they do it, but it's also not cool. Like there's 42 pit stalls and they put three cars per pit stall. So they pick a number. So like that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, you know, like continue all the way down. They pick a pit stall and they go, okay, if if turn one is number one and turn four is number 50 we're just going to call it they pick pit stall they roll out of a hat pit stall 31 that's the pull and then they head towards pit road or towards turn one and then they come back around and the other way so that's the pull so if you're in 32 you're dead last if that makes any sense yeah so we just happen to start like halfway in the pack so there's 134 cars there we wound up 12th in our division which was 36 in our class and 59th overall which is pretty decent after blowing a training for two hours i mean we we blew it didn't know exactly how it came out because we never i've never changed it in that car i just took it out and put it in so i didn't know like what has to come out before it went in because i didn't put the exhaust on until the transmission had been in now we're trying to take it out and it's halfway out we're holding it and we realize you got to pull the header well now to pull the header you got to pull the engine up so now we're like holding the transmission and I'm like, jack the motor up. It was a real sweet deal. Yeah. Mind you, it's, you know, 300 degrees or whatever the hell it is. It, uh, well, it sounds like you're definitely having a lot of fun with that. And I, I think that uh, speaking as a, as a fan, a longtime fan, it would be hysterical if there was no mention of Carl Edwards showing up to a Daytona Miata race. And then all of a sudden he was behind the wheel of a Miata race at Daytona. And uh, I honestly, with all due respect, hope he uh, draws 32. I know yes. that's a change, but that'd be hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it would be nuts. We we had Max Pappas, but uh, he was supposed to race with us. But the problem was he runs the cart or IndyCar series now. So they would not let him take the Saturday off. He had to be in Texas. So we were even looking to like, we'll put him in the car first thing, 8 a.m. And then he can do his two stints back to back and leave. And we'll bring him to the airport and he can fly out. But Indy wouldn't let him do it. IndyCar wouldn't let him do it. That's why he can't be here this weekend with us because he's at, he's at Indy. But he's a cool dude. He loves it. What's going on in Indy this weekend? Anything big? Some, something. Uh, the three, the three hundred brickyard, something or other. Five hundred, five hundred brickyard. I think it's the. Indy they turn right all weekend. Yeah, five hundred laps, right? Yeah. You know, five hundred laps with bricks. They throw them out as they go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's just debris everywhere. Actually, champagne's out there, ain't he? I think he is. Yeah. yeah. Whatever, whatever field filler he's working on, they made the race, so that's good. Yeah. He doesn't work for Graham Rahal. No, tough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Jeff. Yeah. Poor he's Jeff. Done, he, uh, him and I have been on a worldwide hunt for bell tinted visors because apparently they just don't exist anymore. And he texted me last night, so excited, he found two amber shields. He's like, oh, "I'm gonna, I'll mail it out to you first thing on Monday." So that's awesome. Yeah. Big fan of Jeff for hooking us up there. I can't race without a tinted shield. So, have you tried the Bell was my helmet for years. Like that's all I ran. But have you tried the Stilos? Yeah, I'm just too cheap. Um, yeah. the Bell carbon fiber was about half the money. So I don't, dude. I don't. I've never had a carbon fiber helmet in my life. I've always said just Simpsons, and I wanted a carbon fiber just because it's like if it's two pounds lighter, that's two two less pounds. And uh, so I bought the cheapest carbon fiber one that wasn't yeah. that wasn't a knockoff brand that I. Yeah. I laughed when I saw Stilo's price. I was like, the composite's fifteen hundred and the or nine hundred or whatever it was, and the other one's five thousand. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't need that. I'll go to the gym. <laughs> I'll work out my neck muscles. 
five grand. Fuck that. Yeah. Safety fifth is what I always say. So I don't really like to spend a ton of money on safety gear. That's perfect, man. Jeez, oh, I'd rather the stuff that makes you go. You gotta look good. Yeah, I mean the the Simpson belts, the five point latch length ones are one hundred and nine dollars, and the six point cam lock they have the same SFI tags on them. Why are those six hundred and these are one hundred? Give me the one hundred dollar belts. I was just talking to someone about that. I was like, I swear to God, they know what people like. So like Trope, that's the belts I run in the modified, and I'm like, those bastards get you seven hundred dollars for those belts, and I'm like, they're the same SFI as the other ones, but I can't get myself to buy the crows i just can't i can't do it <laughs> yeah the same because reason they've all been tested the same same reason why i didn't buy a pyrotech carbon fiber helmet but <laughs> <See>? <laughs> i don't trust it oh race cook I know. I know. <laughs> and they know that right they're making these belts and they're like all right we can sell these for 700 because people will buy them and sure enough idiots like myself are like all right i'll buy those and Jimmy Johnson wore those seatbelts. We got to have them. I seen that guy wreck at, at Watkins. So, well, no, don't don't do that this weekend. Yeah, lift yeah. going into one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You ever hear about that when I ran the K and N car uh, at Thompson? We tested it, and the oh, it sucked. The brake pedal that somehow I don't know someone forgot to tighten or whatnot. The bolt that went to the master came out going into turn one at like one sixty. That that one, I thought I was gonna die. No, I hit the brake pedal and I actually looked down because I'm like, did I hit the clutch? And turns out I did not hit the clutch. It was the brake pedal. I would have rather I hit the clutch. Then I could just move my foot over, but it wasn't there. Yeah. So I assume you hit the wall wide open then. Oh, it was hard. Yep. Bruised lungs, <laughs> bruised ribs. Yep. That one sucked. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I go to the doctor and they were like, we can't give you clearance to run. And I, they're like, what number should we call you in case, you know, and I gave him a fake number. So that I never heard that I couldn't get clearance. <laughs> ah, I appreciate that. Once again, safety fifth. So yeah, never heard from him. So we went to Watkins. Let me tell you, a lot of right turns that hurt a lot on the left side lung. <laughs> yeah. I bet. Yeah, that that uh, actually, I was just uh, scrolling through our group chat with a bunch of our buddies before I, we jumped on here, and uh, it was a video of some legend car buddy on the road course this past weekend, and his throttle hangs, and he goes piling through the yeah. barrels or something, hits real hard, and. Uh, then the whole time Bobby was just talking about safety fifth. I'm like, I, I watch Bobby drive a super modified into turn one all the time. And I personally get a little nervous. Yeah. I'm, I'm just drinking in the stands with all my dumbass friends. So, yeah, I don't know how you do it, Bobby. You're fucking nuts. You got to have a little bit of uh, disregard for your own well-being. But once you get past that, it's just race cars. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's my problem. I only have a little bit. You have a lot of bit of disregard. <laughs> Uh, I hit my head really hard in a legend car when I was a kid. So, um, no, gotcha. can't get any worse. I mean, that's true. Here I am flying through the air on a dirt bike, trying to rip limbs off. And I'm worried. I'm more worried about him than I am me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't have any, anything that's two wheels is not for me. I, there's like all my buddies, you got to get a motorcycle. Nope. No, I don't. <laughs> I absolutely do not need anything that does not have a roll cage around me and a full containment seat. Yes. That's true. I sold mine in 2012 after I watched a guy die. And I was like, all right, this is up for sale. Because every time I'd get on, I'd be like, I'm going to be good. I'm going to be good. And six feet into the ride, I'm 100 miles an hour on one wheel. <laughs> yeah. you know? Of course, it's that one night, we, a buddy of mine and I, we go, I'm like, I, I wonder how fast this thing goes. So we go up on the 91 and I was doing the fastest I could get it was 172. And the little prick decides to go buy me at 175 because he wanted to beat me. But I was on a 600 and he was on an R1. So he was just like sitting next to me. And I was like, Wee! 
it's like 171. Whee! 172. I just look over and he just goes, bro. <laughs> Such a dick. Sold it the next morning. Oh, yeah. yeah. Buy a faster one. <laughs> nope. No, that was, I had, uh, that was, we have some stories I can't even tell you on air. We'll have to do it over beers. Yeah, it sounds like we'll do it over beers. Hopefully, it's after uh, an open eighty that uh, we. Yeah, have. buddy, come right here. We got the poker poker table set up right in my house. Well, that just got Bobby in. Yeah, you've <laughs> you've, you've knocked off like all of my favorite hobbies. Buddy, we're poker, sitting at the poker, poker table right now. It's in okay. my living or it's in my dining room. Awesome. Who needs to eat? You can just play poker. I honestly kind of hope that that open eighty rains out and we just party at your house all night. Uh, dude, come on by. We got tequila, lots of tequila and bourbon. If I don't drink twisted teas like bitch drinks, it's straight bourbon or tequila. There's no, there's no middle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Zero to a hundred real quick. Well, normally Charlie kind of leads these interviews and uh, he's, uh, he's not doing well. So uh, does he do sign language? I don't think he knows uh, how to sign language, but his, uh, the way he likes to sign off uh, these interviews and we thank you for your time, uh, Glenn. Absolutely. His his favorite or his famous last question is what keeps Glenn Reen coming to the racetrack? You know, why do you why do you want to go to the races every weekend or or why do you want to race cars? It's definitely that thrill. So and you can understand this, both of you, is the the ability to push yourself to the limit on a weekly basis, right? Like the average guy going down the street and I laugh because you know, they have no idea what we do, right? People are like, Oh, that's cool, you drive cars, like, you know, how hard can that be? You just turn the wheel left. I'm like, Yeah, that's it. It's super easy. Anyone can do it. Give it, a, give it a shot sometime. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Like do yourself a favor, jump in a car on a summer day, wear a sweatshirt and sweatpants, and then, you know, put a beanie on, crank the heat up, crack your window an inch, and then go drive around and just turn a wheel. It's super easy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but just the ability, like the door to door, the wheel to wheel contact, you, you know, like you're just racing and, and how do I outsmart them? How do I outpass them? How do you set them up and make that move? And those adrenaline that, you know, it's just the adrenaline is the killer. And then, of course, you know, as soon as you get that win, it, it's like sticking the needle right in your vein. And that's the end of that. So I'll be back now for sure. Yeah. I was damn near ready to quit. I was all set. I, I, I'll just go with that's the reason why I quit, not because I moved 12 hours away. It's because I never won. So I never got that needle in my <laughs> There you arm. go. Yeah. yeah. See, now you have an excuse. That's perfect. I, someone's got to keep all the bars at the local racetracks open, you know. And, right. And you got to give them feedback. Like, have you guys been to the Stafford, the new uh, yeah, Double yeah. Hook Lounge? I, I have, but that's that's one of the main reasons why Bobby is uh, marking that that open 80 on the calendar is because yeah. he, he didn't get to see it and he wants to. It's epic. And I'm not bragging or anything, but I am on one of the Double Hook tables. That's, that's an accomplishment. Sick brag. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty cool. But, uh, yeah, like Bobby had already mentioned, uh, we appreciate it. Thank you for your time. And, uh, yeah, thanks for having me, guys. This has been really good, especially uh, I, I didn't know how it was going to go with Charlie not leading it because he's literally led every single interview we've ever done. And uh, I feel like this is a good one. So leave it to me to screw it up. Right. I'll be the uh, first. To... <laughs> he, he screwed it up on his own because he was screaming during time trials uh, at the races yesterday. But uh, what happened? There was a car and it's lit. I saw I was oh, at the lap of concert. The... I'm like, what the hell's going on up there? First lap of the first feature, one of the six cylinder ship boxes. It took like nine minutes for this wreck to unfold, but he eventually spun out back in the inside wall and flipped over. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. saw the snap from Slim. I'm like, what the hell is going on up there? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a fendered car. It's not even, it's hard. You got to like try to flip them things. Yeah. It's a 4,000 pound like 
Pontiac Grand Prix with six <laughs> cylinders. I don't know how you flip the thing over, but <laughs> it, it just went through the grass and it just Elliot Sadler. It just fucking started tumbling. It was a wreck straight out of Talladega. Uh, roof flaps in them, bad boys. I know yeah. something. Yeah, but yeah, like well, uh, thanks for having me, guys. It was a it was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. Congratulations on your win, and uh, hopefully Thank there's you. more of those to come. And uh, good luck this weekend. Don't Jimmy Johnson at uh, Watkins Glen. Yeah, we'll post some stuff for you. We'll we'll show you Black Flag Podcast right on the old Miata. Perfect. Yeah, we'll definitely share it on the socials. And uh, yeah, next time uh, you come on, I'm sure we'll just uh, we'll get Carl Edwards or whatever. Yeah, I can, I can <laughs> see what he wants to do. Yeah, I'm sure he will, and that's fine. But uh, <laughs> we you never know. He surprised me a lot sometimes. He he's he does some random stuff out of fun. Really? Well, hey, yeah. if he shows up and runs a Miata at Daytona, I'll be convinced that that's the case. I hope that, that happens. That sounds I'm like I'm trying to get him to do a modified is what I'm really trying to get him to do. I got a couple supers if he wants to try one of those. Yeah. I know he likes a lot of horsepower. That's he was saying during the interview the other day when he was, you know, he thinks NASCAR should be back to a thousand horse and no downforce. Absolutely. Yeah. Back when the men were men and the women were too. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, that's more like nowadays, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that's a good part, a good place to end it, though. But uh, or we get ourselves in too much trouble. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, zip. yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, once again, congratulations, man. We'll uh, we'll see you the next time we're in town, and uh, good luck this oh, week. Yeah, thanks for everything, guys. And if you ever need a place to crash, let me know. You're more than welcome. Sounds good. We will. Thanks, hey, guys. Man. Yeah. Take care. Hello? And goodbye to anyone standing in John Cena's way when he takes on six men in a steel cage shoots and ladders match at WWE Super Slam. Order now and save $10 for the low, low price of just $49.99. Sir, you guys have called me, and as I mentioned before, we're not ordering this, so please stop calling my house. Thank you and goodbye.